The Fedora Chronicles Network and our various podcasts, including The Metaphysical Connection, are supported by our listeners. You can make a donation by going to our PayPal account, paypal.me slash Fedora Chronicles, and you can make a one-time donation there, or you can become a patron and go to our Patreon account by going to patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. In 2017 and beyond, the supporters of our show will get early access to our podcasts, behind-the-scene audio files, and other specials to be revealed at a later date. Thank you to all of our supporters so far, and thanks to the rest of you for considering to sponsor us in the future. This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is the Metaphysical Connection, episode 45, The Jesus Enigma. This time on the Metaphysical Connection, Walt Schnabel, Jim Loretta, and I, Eric Renderking-Fisk, talk about who Jesus Christ really was, where he came from, and some of the scientific theories on some of the supernatural elements behind the Star of Bethlehem. We also chat about some other writings that try and explain Jesus Christ's missing years, who he really was as a philosopher, and how his messages may have been corrupted by the church and secular institutions. Then, Walt and I talk about the winter solstice holidays and what Christmas should really be about. But first, Walt, Jim, and I talk about the technical and electrical tragedy that occurred in the past two weeks here in our studio, why we've been off the air for a week, and uh, counterfeit products you find on eBay, and Jim's Paranormal News of the Week. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? There we go. There we go. This is a, this is a huge red-letter day. Eric's got a new toy. He's like a little kid who, opening his first present at Christmas. The, the wrapping paper is still floating to the ground. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the elephant in the room and talk about what happened over the past couple of uh, past couple of days or the last two weeks? Of in what? In regards to like the show, like the behind the scenes. Do we want to talk about the behind the scenes? Um, well, we can. I, I I can relate a little scenario, I guess. About okay. What happened? You go um, ahead, Walt. Well. After you signed off last week, Jim, yeah, um, the UPS guy or the or the, the post office guy pulled up outside, and Eric saw the truck and he sprinted out there, and <clears throat> came in with a new preamp for the mm-hmm. for the power you know, supply. Power supply, power is that supply. what it was? Yeah. So he, so he he flings it out of the box. The box <laughs> the box goes in one direction and of course the directions went in another direction. <laughs> and and we're still floating to the ground as he was starting to to plug it in and I said, "Whoa, Eric, m- maybe you want to wait till we rec- record the second part of the show just in case something doesn't go quite right." Exactly. Walt is- so grudgingly Eric said, "All right." <laughs> so so we recorded the second part of the show. And, and Eric, um, luckily saved it. Yeah. So then as, as we were kind of wrapping things up and I was getting ready to leave, Eric said, oh, I'm going to try the, I'm going to try the new amplifier. Power supply. Power supply. It's very important. I'll, I'll get it right. This is the very important part. It's the power supply. The power supply. Okay. 
So, Eric, I see Eric get the plug and he and he plugs it into the soundboard. And suddenly I saw, you know, in the cartoons when somebody gets electrocuted, how you, yeah. how you see their skeleton? <laughs> that, that's well, it. I, I saw Eric's skeleton and I was going, <laughs> Fox and Coyote, Roadrunner and Coyote. Exactly. And of course, and, I, no, hold on a second. Hold on a second here. Now I can feel tingling, sharp tingling. <laughs> Go up my hand, dance around my wedding ring for a couple of volts, go all the way up until my shoulder, and all the fillings in my teeth started to hurt something awful. And then I saw Eric actually morphed into Nikola Tesla, an image of Nikola Tesla. Was <laughs> he, this akin to a Cialis moment? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and just for a brief moment, he was uh, speaking in Serbian and muttering about anti-gravity. <laughs> so, oh so then of course the smoke is literally rising out of out of the pv right. mixing board the, the acrid smell of burning electronics and, <laughs> filled the room and you could actually you could actually hear until something popped and burned out and, cr- and, uh, and went straight God, to ground What's you, the matter with you? I'm not that impetuous. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, right. I know you always read the directions. You read the directions after you burn the power supply. And I said, Eric, did, you know, was it a good interface? And he looks at the thing. And he says, Well, it was a little uh, not quite right. It was like <laughs> ten thousand volts more than it should have been. <laughs> and keeping keeping in mind that all all the all the <clears throat> tips to my hair. Right, so the thing is, is that instant Jufro. All of a sudden, I had this, I had this huge, this afro, and you can see on the tips of all of my, all of my hair endings, it's all gray and crisp. And Eric looked like Eric looked like he was in an '80s uh, teenage movie. Oh. <laughs> I was in an '80s boy band. <laughs> funny. So, uh, so anyway, that's that's the saga. Of, so that's why our show. Um, yeah. Not on oh no, there's ones. there's more to that. Well, there there is more. There's another stage. Well, I was to this. I was privy pretty much to that part. Well, you you don't remember you filled me in. You yeah, yeah, I did. yeah. So, but I, I embellished a little bit, so, of course, <laughs> <laughs> just a little. Yeah. The, the part about him speaking in Serbian was was yeah, an embellishment. Well, that's the most important part. Did you write it down? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't read Serbian. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it gets so it gets so so it gets even better, right? So the thing is, is that Carol, like Carol, looks at it, and Carol can see that I'm really upset, and I'm all teared up, and and she says, "Well, we'll we'll, we'll get another one, honey. It's okay." So we go online, and it's like, and and I find this really great deal because the audio board that we had is it's a, an earlier generation than what they're selling now, and okay. somewhere out there. There's a whole bunch of surplus PV boards. And I bought one of these PV boards and they sent it over to me and I open up the box and it's like some, some counterfeit piece of crap from China. Oh, shit. And I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I get in touch with, a, with a, uh, the guy who had sold it to me and it's like he said, no, no, it's a refurbished PV board. Trust me. And I'm looking all over and like there's no. I trust no one. I trust nobody. No sign of PV anywhere. No PV anywhere. This is like, this is not PV's playhouse. So, so, so at this point, Eric is PV'd off. Exactly. <laughs> get, so get in touch with, e- get, get, in, get, in tu- get in touch with eBay and PayPal. And they said, yeah, you got a dud. So, uh, and it's like, I had to fight with a guy for like six days to, to, to get my money back. 
And and meanwhile, Carol is upstairs and she says, just f- forget this crap. We're just going gonna- to pay Eric back in bitcoins. <laughs> 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 and, and trust me, at some point I was I was going to take it. <laughs> so <laughs> Eric, Eric, it's too bad you couldn't do uh, have immediate gratification. I remember my friend Phil uh, one time somebody threatened him over the phone and he said, don't move. Just stay right where you are. He drove over to the guy's house. He knocked on the door when he came through the screen door. He hit him and knocked him out. <laughs> and that would be like instant gratification. You you try to rip me off from my board. Stay where you are. I'm oh. on my way over. <laughs> oh, I think what's even worse. This should this, have been. This was the same guy who uh, we were over at his house one and he had twin boys that were just holy terrors. And as he was putting to bed, he said, take the wooden spoon with you so I don't have to look for it when I come in to beat you. <laughs> and he added, and I do want to beat you. <laughs> yeah, he was, a, he was a highly evolved guy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but he was funny. Oh, so anyway, so just flash forward. So Carol bought the board and she got next day shipping. So the thing is, is that, so I've been, I was watching it tracking and I was watching it move up the coast, you know, on, on the, on the, uh, the web page and it was getting closer and closer and closer and then it arrived at the ups on saturday well ups doesn't deliver on saturday but it's guaranteed that it's going to get here by monday by eight o'clock so so eric's wife had to stop him from going to keen and breaking into the ups center <laughs> <laughs> listen guys that's not funny that actually happened she actually said you can wait another two days. No, she doesn't sound like that. She's more angelic. But uh, so the thing is, is that so eight o'clock last night rolled around and <laughs> no PV board. Right. And how many times, Walt, did we postpone recording the show? Yeah. And so when did it finally come? So it's <laughs> five minutes to nine o'clock, the dogs start barking and there's lights at the end of the driveway. And I'm thinking it's either the UPS guy or we're all getting abducted. Yeah, but you know, guy, you know, what can Brown do for you? Guy popped out and there was my box of PV. And I was just like, you guys came, you came. And then, <laughs> you were like the like Chevy Chase in um, National Lampoon Christmas Story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a guy brings him the Jelly of the Month collection <laughs> instead of his big check. <laughs> oh, we're stuck behind the seat. <laughs> no, these guys, these guys were like up until like 10 or 11. Last yeah, night, they, they said that they were going to be up until 11 yeah, delivering they're, they're packages. Yeah, they're putting in a lot of hours. It's a yeah. tough job. It's a tough racket, especially when yeah. it's like, you know, 14 degrees outside. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they got, and they got to keep it up. Yeah. So, anyway, I want to move on to the news. Is that okay, guys? Yeah, let's go. All, all right. Yeah. Jim. Well, how do you want to – let me ask you a quick question. How do you want to handle the news? Because I have a plethora of really good stuff because uh, I'm jammed up here for two weeks. So you want me to like just do everything and just condense it in a couple lines of well, thing? Because they're all really good things. What, just just read us the I, head. I would, I would recommend a, a metaphysical news um, laxative. <laughs> since, <laughs> since apparently you're backed up <laughs> which reminds me to remind everybody um uh, we have a twiddle ha- a twitter handle dr physic doctor look up dr physical accidents and you will find our twitter handle did you ever visit the physic estate in cape may jim no I uh, he's the guy that invented the physic the, the first laxative did you know that are you pulling my leg no no he lived in cape may oh, i didn't know that yeah it's a huge mansion that he built on um, 
on blocking everybody. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's some it, heavy shit. <laughs> well, it, it, and it has 50 bathrooms in it. That's <laughs> Uh, that I made that funny. up. Anyway, right. what do you what do you got for us, Bob? All right, let me start with. Uh, there was a, a <clears throat> I don't know why they're releasing this information, and the and the mil- our military is actually appro- approving of it. But NASA had a conference, and this uh, Dr. Brandenburg, who has a credentials a mile long, <clears throat> theorized that since uh, uh, well that we've known this since 1976 that there were two large nuclear detonation sites on Mars that wiped out their civilization and you know basically destroyed the planet and all the people on it Mars lost its water but it used to have like salty seas and freshwater lakes and snow-capped peaks and clouds just like the earth so I thought that was interesting that they that he went there uh, in a NASA conference and, and talked about this it's like of course it's only they're saying a theory but that was intimated that it was more than a theory and uh, it was interesting that the Pentagon gave him permission to uh, publish his data. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, that's, that, that's, along with other things we've talked about. about that's Mars. pretty out there for uh, NASA to, it is. to to even talk about that. You know. So that's so, uh, sort of, le- you know, I think that might be one of those small steps toward... Um, disclosure? Disclosure, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, do, I do think it's going to come in drips and drabs. Well, right along with, yeah, right along uh, following on the heels of that, talking about disclosure, uh, Max Spears, a British ufologist, he was only 39 and he died recently uh, back in July. And uh, they're waiting for coroner's results uh, this this coming February 2017. But uh, what's interesting is that he sent an email to his mother saying, uh, you know, I'm in trouble if something happens to me. And I die, make sure that there's an investigation. And um, I think he was uh, right on about uh, being fearful because evidently he vomited up like two liters of black fluid before he died. And that's that's really strange. That sounds like he was poisoned. Uh, he was getting too close to his investigation to things that you know, higher powers didn't want him revealing. So. He was either poisoned or he was drinking India ink, shots of India <laughs> ink. <laughs> there's, there's, there's been a lot of that, that where, where people, um, you know, that have been on the verge of disclosing something sort of just get taken out somehow. Yeah. Uh, there's, there was a couple of re- couple reporters, before. too, that that happened to where the guy, yeah. the guy was yeah. driving in his, in his Mercedes and the gas pedal stuck. Oddly mm-hmm. enough, and he, he like hit a tree at like 120 miles an hour or something. And there was some thinking that they screwed around with somebody screwed around with a computer in his car and hacked his computer. And, yeah, yeah. And, which is kind of scary when you think about it because we're all driving computerized Absolutely. cars now. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> and we had talked on a previous show about like <clears throat> all the alternative health practitioners that died mysteriously yeah. and yeah. guys that had free energy inventions that were you know found dead. So. Yeah, it goes right along with all of that. I, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I think that what's really sort of shocking to me is how brazen, and I don't know who it is. I have a better idea after reading this book called uh, The Deep State. Who Who's really responsible for all of, all of these horrible things that are happening to these people who are pushing for disclosure? But here's a question for you. When you look at somebody like Julian Assange, who is held up in an embassy somewhere 
in London and you look at Edward Snowden, uh, how many attempts on their lives have there been already? And how, but how come how come they just can't seem to get to Julian Assange or um, Edward Snowden? Like, uh, is are they allowing these two people to spill secrets for their own nefarious purposes? Like, there's something to like they're using disclosure. And I'm going to make a a wild speculation here: is is that they've they allowed um, hackers, as it were, wherever they're from, it doesn't matter. But I think that they actually allowed hackers to uh, influence this election. What do you guys think about that? Well, I, I, I was reading recently about um, Julian Assange. I guess there was some kind of uh, charge against him for child pornography or uh, rape. That was, de- that was debunked. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. They, they, they came out and said that that was made up. They, they made that up to discredit him and make, make him look like a, you know, a really, really, really nefarious guy, which is not true. Well, at least personally, I, you know, I, I guess everybody has their own spin on, you know, some some people view what what those two guys are doing as heroic and other people view it as treason, treasonous. So, you know, everybody has their own spin on that, I guess. But but it's interesting to think that perhaps that even those two guys are putting out disinformation that they're maybe being maneuvered somehow. Yeah. You know, I mean, that could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you, you have anything else for us, Bob? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> this piggybacks on uh, something that you talked about in the, the last show, Walt, <clears throat> uh, about possibility or one of the recent shows that uh, the alien greys are possibly part robot, part humanoid. Uh, Philip Corso, which uh, I'm sure <clears throat> a lot of the roswell fans uh, know his name he's in his 80s now and he's he's starting to talk more than he did before evidently he was over time he was given um pieces of alien technology that he when he worked in research and development that he was supposed to seed into the private sector industry and he was to tell them that uh what they uh were being given was from uh earthly foreign sources that they that they had uh they had they had collected. Uh, he said, <clears throat> in all the uh, collection of alien bodies that he witnessed, he said that in autopsies, he said they they have a brain completely different from humans. They had no nose or mouth, no digestive system, and no sex organs. He says they were more humanoid beings than anything else. So I think that that kind of validates what you were hinting at, Walt, in a couple shows ago about robotics and uh, combining biological with robotics. So um, there's more to follow, I guess, but uh, I, I thought that was an interesting disclosure. Of course, that must be one of the few guys left alive that was really actually who, who was actually there. Was actually there. Yeah, he was. I mean, there are some secondhand people that were were young kids, I think, during that time that you know heard their parents talk about it and things like that. But and and he's he's they've tried to debunk him a couple times and sort of um, diminish this. The, he's got he's got one of the premier books out about Roswell. What's that called, Eric? Do you remember? Oh, I'm, course, book, I'm book, trying to think. I'm trying to remember. It's called The Day After Roswell. Yeah, that's, yeah, it. that's, that's it. it. That's the one. Um, and that's, that's a lot of people try to debunk that book. Well, um, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. But no, I think the, I think the greys are some kind of um, part biological, part machine kind of 
creature that they're more like constructed biological machines yeah yeah does that make any sense mm-hmm. does yes, that it does especially when you hear the accounts that there seem to be minions for these very tall aliens that seem to be in control yeah and apparently the 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 grays that they um that were were left alive. There was was there one gray left alive after Roswell? I thought there was yeah, more I think than so. one. I thought mm-hmm. there was there was at least one or two that uh, that died, and then I know they had were, several bodies. They had several bodies, right. uh, but the one that was left alive was alive for quite a while. Quite a while. Apparently, he was also holding court at um, uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base in the in the infamous. Um, it's not the real name, but they call it Hangar Eighteen just mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. Well, they did a lot of experiments on on him too, yeah. you know, to kind of figure out what was going on. And you know, maybe maybe if in fact they are part machine, maybe, maybe the mechanism just gave out or, or ran out, whatever, or, or something, yeah, some, or whatever they what experiments they did to him maybe messed around mm-hmm. with that somehow. Yeah, you know. So that's kind yeah. of an interesting point of view. Corso's in his eighties, and he said uh, <clears throat> the cover-ups that took place, you know. During the 50s was at a time when the people didn't question the government, but he said that he's starting to talk more now because he said he realizes the public is fed up, it's sick of being lied to, and they don't trust the government anymore. So it's a, it's a ripe time for him to start doing a little more disclosure. I think. Yeah, and he's in his 80s, so you know. Yeah, so he's probably not going to live that much longer. So he's probably not worried about, not as worried about it as as much as he would have been, you know, 30 years ago. You also have to realize we've been conditioned for a long time. We, I mean, you look at things like Star Wars, Star Trek, The X Files, you know, Independence Day, all of this stuff. I mean, we're being conditioned for disclosure, and in a good way or a bad way, I don't think it matters. But I mean, you know, a hundred years ago, if you were to say that the government was going to um, uh, have information that about beings from another world well first of all they they'd burn you at the stake at a heretic as a heretic you know literally or figuratively and that, that would be laughable now it's just like okay what's taking them so long so i i think i think we're getting i think we're getting ready and i think it's gonna if it is gonna happen i think it's gonna happen within the next 16 years it's gonna happen between you know if this upcoming presidential uh administration or the next one i think we're past due yeah okay yeah you're probably right uh, the next thing I have is uh, just very briefly. I thought this was fascinating. There's a, a Chinese woman with exceptional psychic powers, and uh, she uh, went into a trance and concentrated on a seed, and she got it to sprout in 20 minutes uh, and, and attain growth that it usually takes three or four days for a seed sprout to grow. But what was even more interesting is that somehow it seems that she used her energy to manipulate time because uh, in the videotapes, the videotaping of the experiment seemed to show some type of time distortion because the nearby clocks um, showed uh, a, a longer passage of time than the one minute of film time that they had had used. So it, that was pretty interesting. It's, it seems uh, she was manipulating time with her consciousness. I, I thought that was... Do uh, you have any thoughts on that, guys? Well, how, how did that tie in with the seed sprouting? I, I don't, I'm not seeing the connection. It's there. evidently the, the, uh, the three to four day growth she got in 20 minutes um, happened 
because she was able to somehow accelerate time with her consciousness. So the camera showed one minute of film time, but the clocks had advanced uh, um, a much longer period of time. Now, ratio-wise, I don't know what that means, but it seems like <clears throat> um, she actually moved the seeds into the future. So huh. what, what, we, what they saw on, on film was actually a, a time advancement. So she used some kind of, I mean, I don't really understand the mechanism that causes a seed to sprout. I think it's either um, heat, additional heat, or, or something that it's allows a, it to happen. It's a series of things that seeds need to be able yeah. to sprout. It's not just one specific thing. Because, I mean, I have a bag full of bird seed. And you just leave the bag, you just leave the the bird seed in the bag, and it will just like sit there forever until it rots. Right, but as right. soon as it touches nutrients, moisture, and the warmth in the ground, it it it's, it needs the combination of the three. They've they've uh, they found seeds in uh, I think in the pyramids. Yeah. In Egypt, and and they were you know yeah a couple thousands of years old I guess, and and they actually got them to sprout. So there's there's some kind of and there's some kind of something in there that's waiting to be activated yeah. for, for whatever reason. And maybe she was able to simulate the, the natural process of a seed sprouting yeah. with her psychic energy. Because the thing is, if I, left a, if, I, if I left a seed on the counter, no matter how long I waited, I highly doubt that it would. I mean, unless I put like drop water on it, I highly doubt that it would sprout. I mean... Well, it has to be in soil. It has to be. It has to. It has to be surrounded by nutrients or and water. Nutrients and water. And the thing is, is that many times, like if you would drop a a seed in in tap water, there's enough nutrients in the tap water or spring water to make the make it sprout. But then at some point, it needs nutrients. Like you, you know, like avocado, like an avocado seed, or you put it in water. You get a plant, and eventually you'll get a plant. Hopefully. Well, since we're talking about seeds, there's a series of books called the Ringing Cedars series. And cedars as in the trees? Yeah, Ringing Cedars, evidently. Oh, I've heard of that. I've heard of that Yeah, phenomenon. the legend is they, these cedars in Siberia grow to great heights and <clears throat> when they reach maturity and when they've gathered enough cosmic energy in, into their needles, they want to be harvested for the benefit of mankind and they, so they start to ring and they'll ring for three years and if no one pays attention, I think they 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 <clears throat> they, they start to die. But um, talking about seeds, <clears throat> the lore in this book talks about what I'm going to piggyback on something you talked about, Walt, um, which was <clears throat> if you they say if you put seeds in your mouth for ten minutes, evidently um, the seeds take in a genetic blueprint of your body. They must right. read your body somehow. Right. And then if you plant them, they will grow food uh, that will heal you right. because uh, mm-hmm. it will produce in the food uh, whatever is missing in your body to give you health. Yeah, it's like, it's like it synchronizes with your DNA Yeah, and, and cre- creates um, something within the plant or the fruit of the plant, I guess, mm-hmm. um, that will give you what you need, what your body is lacking or – yeah, that came from that. Um, 
that guy that we yeah. talked about when we were it's talking about the guy. Group, I yeah. think his name was his Dr. Name, Group. Yeah, Edward Group, yeah. He yeah. talked about that, which I, I thought that was extremely interesting. Um, and, and also, um, you know, pretty kind of miraculous almost when you think about, you know, I mean, seeds are kind of a commonplace thing, or at least we think of them that way. Yeah. Uh, but there's something much more at work there than I think we understand. And, and what does that say about the human embryo, too? You know, what influences are on that? You look at a lot. That's of, a seed. Yeah. I mean, a human embryo is a seed. Yeah. In, in there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that just that just occur in nature that it's like if you stop and think about it. I mean, you, you think about like trees during, you know, during winter, mm-hmm. you know, they, they shut down, they hibernate, they practically or virtually die. And then when it gets warmer and spring comes, they start the cycle all over again. And their leaves, after their leaves fall to the ground, they decompose and they have put in nutrients back into the ground so that they can keep perpetuating, they can keep growing. Right. And it's like, if, if you leave, a, um, what I think is amazing is that you know the piece of property right next door to where Carol and I live, right, mm-hmm. Walt? Yeah. The northern side. There's a, a, there's a patch of ground that nobody has mowed for maybe a couple of years. And look at, how, look at the trees that are springing up there. And it was like nobody's touched it. Nobody's planted anything. Well, nature always wants to reclaim. Exactly. I have a field in the back of my house, and every year if I don't have it mowed, it, it's, it's little sp- seeds, little trees yeah. start sprouting up. Um, get, but getting back to what you were talking about with cedar trees, uh, Jim, there's, yes, there's something, um, something special about cedar trees. There really is. Uh, and since we're going to be talking about Christmas today, or some Christmas, Christmas uh, the origins of Christmas... Yeah. Uh, my, my father was in an organization called the Tall Cedars of Lebanon. Really? And, and there, were, there was uh, some special significance about the, the cedar tree. Yeah. And there, there's some thinking that the cedar tree was brought here from another, another world, maybe by the, here we go, Eric, the Anunnaki. I w- <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I, I I have to. Eric and I are, are now engaging in this little contest. It, it took Walt. See how quickly I can I can bring the Anunnaki into it, the conversation. It, it took Walt twenty nine minutes and forty <laughs> seconds to bring up the Anunnaki. I'm I'm slipping. <laughs> but um, but there is some significance to the cedar tree. I'm I'm not I don't I don't really know enough about it to to really expound on that. But um. My fa- I remember my father talking about that. This this was an organization similar to the Masons. It was yeah. It was uh, more like a charitable kind of organization. They did you know charitable work and things like that. Yes. But, um, which maybe spoke to the significance of the tree somehow. I I'm not sure, but that area of Lebanon is also the area where the <clears throat> the Anunnaki were supposed to have been hanging out. So. There is something. Makes sense. There is also something special about cedars because I mean, you look at all the products that we get from cedars. I mean, cedar oil, and there's something, there's something in the cedar oil and the smell that is uh, an emotional and spiritual healing. Yeah, it is smell. It's a bomb. Well, that's where the. It's kind of a bomb. Yeah. So it they is. They give off the, uh, turbines. They uh, that that um, actually create cloud formations. Uh, the trees almost create their own microclimate when they need water. I thought that was. I read that. Huh, that's interesting. That's so they, yeah. they they create a little environment around themselves. You mean to? 
Yeah, to they preserve themselves. Go into the air and they seed and they uh, they they cause clouds mm. to form. To I think what I'm going to try and do is get some cedar seeds and see what happens. We'll we'll chart the pop progress of the cedars over the next couple of years. Well, you know, cedars used for um, to keep insects out too. Oh, really? Yeah, cedar yeah. tests and things like that. So it's got All a right. lot of a lot of interesting qualities. It's probably and, the uh, smell. Something about the smell that yeah that keeps the. Um, and and Walt, remember, you'll remember this that the American Indians say if you're tired and you hug a pine tree. I wonder if this applies to all evergreens that uh, you can gain energy from the from them, probably off the needle tips, because they collect energy. Well, part part of the research I did for today, why why we uh, have Christmas trees, that's exactly what it is. It's, it has to do with the with the qualities that that um, that pines and ever, that ever all evergreens really have because it signifies. They, it signifies they're they're green when everything else is not. Yeah, that's why they're evergreen. Right. Evergreen. So it, yeah. sign, it signifies um, uh, life, everlasting Ever, life, everlasting yeah. life. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that that makes sense, and that's what the that's what the really what the real significance of the Christmas tree is, and it's okay. it's not a it's not a Christian tradition. It goes it goes back much goes back even than further. That. Yeah, it's really a pagan tradition. Yeah, and that's what okay. it represents. There's one news story, and I'm not going to let Jim go until I actually have a chance to talk to him about this news story. But I didn't see it in any of his show notes. Uh, Jim, did you find any news items about the three mile high towers that were found on Mars that mimic? The three stars in the belt of Orion. Did you did you find that in any of in any no, of your? No, I didn't come across that one. Yeah, the thing is, is that this uh, this just came across the wire over the past couple of days, and ufologists are just going crazy about the the, the chit chat about these uh, images of these towers that are practically perfectly in a line, and they're supposed to be a mile high each. There's there, I want to be careful how I say this. They are not they are not three mile high towers. They are three yes. mile high towers. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Who revealed that? As, as a matter of fact, there's a, a lot of people who were just sitting around looking at all the images that, that oh, have been released okay. by NASA. And these are the same people who have been finding all sorts of like strange artifacts, like a, like a robot head or a strange oh, helmet see. or whatever. And these people had all these people sort of found this. All together, all at once. We, we have uh, we have it in the show notes page, or we have it in the show page uh, uh, for the show notes. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, what the hell happened on Mars a couple of thousand years ago? I mean, it's a rhetorical question. I don't think anybody has the answer to it, right. except for Walt, maybe. You know, because Walt knows almost everything. Almost, almost. But the thing is, is that I mean, who was on Mars, and who who was? Who are building these artifacts if they are artifacts? Well, it's interesting too that it's in a, it's in the alignment of three, like the pyramids. Yeah, pyramids. It's, it's that's the exactly same, what people said. You know, it's the it's same same alignment. Right? It is, and and it's the three is is mm-hmm. um, sort of a metaphysical number too. You know, it appears yeah. like um, Trinity. Yeah, like the yeah the, the three wise men and. You know, we're, we're going to talk Father, about Father, Son, today, Holy kind of, Ghost. Kind of segueing into yeah. what we're going to talk about today. But a lot, a lot of thinking is that 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 alignment of three is a significance to where that, yeah, know, to where that civilization came from of of that star system. Something there's something about right. those three stars <clears throat> right. that are so important. Yeah, and and they're I, yeah, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I have a no, no. 
uh, I have one more article, and then I have something that will roll right into your uh, topic for today. Um, Eric, this piggybacks on something you talked about. Uh, I think you brought up in the last show, a news article, that uh, <clears throat> they <they've> <clears throat> discovered that a continent-sized mass subducted under, under one of the uh, uh, plates, earth plates. Uh, and they think that that could be where Mu or Lemuria or even Atlantis disappeared to and why they can't find it. And they said that was like a fairly uh, phenomenal for a mass as large as that. Uh, to gradually disappear under another plate and going along with that uh, evidently this comes from like uh, Corey Good and um, uh, David Wilcock yeah, that supposedly space, are secret space are, program uh, our um, uh, our military um, has discovered <clears throat> a civilization flash frozen in Antarctica and evidently, some big, big, big wigs have been flown there to, to see what they've unearthed so far. Um, it seems to tie in with <laughs> I hate to say it, Eric, but the Anunnaki—they're uh, calling them pre-Adamites. Yeah, yep, uh, yep. That have elongated skulls, and that uh, evidently, whoever arrived here about sixty-five thousand years ago began to create hybrids, uh, and the human population to serve them. So. Uh, I think that's pretty interesting to keep an eye on. I think I I think I emailed that to you, so you have, should have the source in the yeah, show notes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and I, it, I did see that. That's, that is interesting. And it's good that you brought up Antarctica because I was going to bring this up as well. Um, so there have been a lot of reports <clears throat> that there have been some strange ancient alien or ancient civilization artifacts hiding out on uh, on the moon and... Uh, hiding out uh, on the South Pole, Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And now, one of the first explorers on the moon was Buzz Aldrin. And coincidentally, Buzz Aldrin now holds the world record as being the oldest person to ever go to the South Pole. And then there was news items that he was gravely ill and he was swept away um, back to New Zealand to a hospital because he was suffering some from some, some uh, um, illness to do with... Um, uh, lack of oxygen and uh, uh, the lack of uh, proper um, air pressure, I guess. And uh, people were like kind of like in a panic because, oh, my God, well, we can't lose Buzz Aldrin. And this is right around the time that uh, um, John Glenn passed away. But the thing is, is that somebody had come up with a strange theory that um, Buzz Aldrin was not in the hospital for a week or two, that he was actually exploring one of these strange alien constructs that they may have found in in um in uh antarctica and they wanted to see if it matches what he may or may not have seen on the moon it's it's that's really interesting it's really it's it's really great speculation but the thing is is that i was just like when it comes to like um a living legend like buzz aldrin i i feel uncomfortable talking about you know strange conspiracy theories because, I mean, the thing is, is that he is such an advocate for space travel. Mm-hmm. And he, he's an advocate for not the crap that you see on TV or in the movies. But, I mean, human beings really going out and exploring space. And it was just like, I would not want to say anything that might tarnish his good name. But I think it's an interesting theory that they may have said, you know, Mr. Aldrin, would you like to see what we, what we found here in Antarctica and get your, get your two cents? 
Well, evidently there are ruins and artifacts strewn under the ice across the continent. Yeah. Underground. Maybe maybe, and, uh, maybe with global warming, it'll, they'll, some yes. of those things will start to be revealed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite uncovered. possible. Uh, well, uh, one more thing I want <clears throat> to – that was in this article that just kind of blew my mind. I never heard of this before. Uh, you know, the cabal that, that we often talk about. Yeah, they consider themselves direct descendants of these pre-Adamite peoples that were that were genetically engineered, and that they uh, they can be identified by the elongated skull. And there, the article says that the, <clears throat> genetically, uh, the line that's come down to present day uh, of these pre-Adamites. Uh, that they hold very senior positions in the Vatican hierarchy, and that they uh, hide their identities and their and their elongated skulls by wearing the, these those long hats that the bishops and the cardinals wear. Now that <laughs> I, I, I thought that was a stretch, but I, I don't put I don't and I I'm open to anything. I, I, mean, so I, I don't know so what those you guys hats think are, about that. Those hats are actually form-fitting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, that, that was a little bit out there, but I just thought I'd throw that in. I wonder about the cone heads. You know, the, the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Remember he had the ring toss? The, maybe, maybe, that's what the, maybe that's what the bishops do the in their spare time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. Um, uh, you know, it's funny, though. If you look at, if you look at the Egyptian... Um, Skulls. They they were elongated. There's a lot of weird stuff going on you know, in Egypt. And, and as well. I think Egypt was a was an extension of the Atlantean culture. Oh, yeah. I think when when Atlanta uh, when Atlantis went down, um, they sent out you know vessels or whatever, and they ended up some of them at least anyway ended up in yeah. Egypt, and that was the that was the beginning of the Egyptian culture, and they also sent their their knowledge with along with it. Yeah, know, which we which we've talked about. So, suppose yeah. the American Indians came from Atlantis, the Red Race. Yeah. So, um, Jim, you 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 sent out a thing, and this is going to really kind of segue into what we're going to talk about for the next part of the show. Uh, that s small article on the Essenes. Did you, did you? Oh yeah. Did, mm -hmm. did, do you want to talk a little bit about that before you uh, before you take uh, off? Or? Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that. that. I think it's I, really I, I important. Also, before I go, I want to talk about the Star of Bethlehem. Did I send you that one, Eric? Yes, you did. I just got it just before uh, we started the show. Yeah. Okay. What do you want to do first? Well, let's do the Let's do the Essenes. Okay. Um, and then, uh, then we'll finish. We'll wrap up with that. With the okay. star. The Essenes. Uh, evidently, they were like the uh, the people that uh, that. Uh, tribe, whatever you want to call it, that Jesus came from, Jesus and his mother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it was um, more like kind of a cult, actually. Yeah, well, I, and maybe it was a tribe, really. Mm -hmm. Back then, things were really tribal. So yeah, and uh, you know they believed in vegetarianism, reincarnation, uh, you know the coming of a Messiah. So um, uh, the other thing uh, about all of this that, that's going to be discussed is that you know a, a lot of this stuff. Attributed to Jesus, his words and facts about him. I mean, come second hands. A lot, a lot of the accounts were passed down orally for decades, and um, and then there were like compilations uh, done according to the, this world tradition by authors. So like, there seems to be a, a thread through it that's consistent. But like, you know, it's like the old story: unless you were there, how do you know for sure? You know, exactly. Well, so. get, going back to the Essenes, I, I I think they really were a, a kind of a different 
type of person. Um, they, they apparently had lighter skin. They, they oh, had, okay. They had a different, um, clearly had a more evolved worldview than the majority of the people at the time. Yes, um, that's true. They were more enlightened. And um, there's some thinking that um, Jesus was sort of preordained by them to be the Messiah or chosen by yes. them. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to get, we'll get into that a, a little didn't, more in the next the, part of the show. Didn't the scrolls come from them? Uh, Don't they attribute the authorship to the Essenes? I, I think so. I, I think, think we're going to yeah, look I it up. So. We're going to look it up and, I, I think and that's we're going to put it in the show notes, yeah, the show page. that's true. And, and so they really um, offered a, a completely different point of view than what was prevalent at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, much more evolved. Yeah. Which is why the thinking is that, that Jesus was uh, part of that cult. Actually, John the, John the Baptist was, was part of that cult, too. I think he yeah, might have been. Re- I think he was related to Jesus. Yeah, he was uh, a cousin. A he cousin. was slightly yeah. older than. He was just not too much older, but just right. a little bit older than Jesus. Yeah. So you know, a lot of a lot of what we view now as Christian doctrine, or some of it anyway, came came from the oh, Essenes. Yeah, a lot of it came from John the Baptist. A and lot John of the things. Baptist, John yeah. John the Baptist was the one who said, you know, you guys, all you guys are following me, and you're listening to uh, all these really, really great things that I have to say. But I'm just the the opening act. He was kind of like the he's kind of like the uh, the Don Rickles to uh, Frank Sinatra, whereas he was like more like you know warming up the room and saying, hey guys, this is this is how society was, and he was a, kind of like a rough and tumble kind of guy. He was. Um, John the Baptist? Yeah, he was like, he, he, he really put it out there. Yeah, and he was getting his head cut off, didn't he? Yeah. I was going to say, didn't he end up with his head on a platter? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and uh, the legend has it is that his, uh, his head um, was spouting off prophecy uh, for a couple of days after he, his, his body was thrown out with the rest of the trash. That's interesting. He should have quit while he was ahead. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't resist. It, it's, it's almost. It's almost as if we set it up. We set up Walt to say these things for bad, really bad jokes. He's so spot on. It doesn't take much to get him a setup. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, Jim. Just between the two of us here. Uh, I, I think that the, Walt is probably one of the smartest, funniest people that we know. Swear to God, he comes up with a play on words like the drop of a pin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, God. Um, the unfortunate part about it is that you, you don't know that many people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Last thing, and you can roll into your show. The star of Bethlehem, according to research, was not a star. It was a rare planetary alignment um, of the Sun, Jupiter, the Moon, Saturn, um, Venus, uh, Mars. And they said that it's so rare that a a similar alignment could occur in 16,000 years. Not the exact same one, but they've they've calculated 500,000 years into the future and they can't find – uh, a time when there will be an alignment like that. So the Christmas star is, really has a huge significance. That's such a rare alignment. I don't think that was just happenstance. It was pro- practically the cosmic forces c- coming together for this event. They actually um, speculated that such an alignment may have actually uh, created like a, a holy, not a star as in a, the, the star of Bethlehem, but an actual alignment between 
the moon and, and the various planets that are within the solar system to, to make a cross, a holy cross. That's one wow. speculation that people have, hmm. and I thought that was interesting. That's pretty interesting. That really I've, I've got another spin on it that I'm going to um, bring out in the, in the second part of the show, so I won't, I won't say anything about it now, but it's, a, it's another point of view on, yeah. on what the Star of Bethlehem was. Um, hmm. So... Jim, okay. Jim, do you want to do you want to you want you want a friendly wager um, that uh, it's going to have something to do with the Anunnaki? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you would think I, that, you Eric. Were going to say. <laughs> I don't know why you would think that, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, so, uh, Jim, I I didn't I uncovered um, a rare Doors Christmas song. Really? Yeah. The the main line is we're we're going to whip the reindeer's eyes. <laughs> I didn't know whether you'd ever heard that or not. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how festive Jim was, but I you know here's the thing because um, I I love my wife dearly and my wife is really getting into the spirit of Christmas because I mean. Uh, she, uh, she is the spirit of Christmas as far as I'm concerned. My wife did a, has done a great job, um, giving me new meaning, uh, to the word Christmas, um, especially with this new audio board. Um, but anyway, the thing is, is that she is playing, um, <laughs> she has a subscription to Amazon prime, which you, which you can actually link to on our webpage, on our website, uh, metaphysicalpodcast.com. You just click the link to Amazon. And every little purchase that you make through Amazon, we get a little taste of that at no extra charge to you. But anyway, I say you snuck a little commercialism in there. You like that, yeah. huh? But the thing is, well, is it is that Christmas. It is Christmas, and the thing is, is that she's playing uh, Christmas music or the Christmas stations, where they and and I'm telling you. Every hour they play Nat King Cole's <laughs> that one song that it's so scary. And I offer this holiday win to kids from one to ninety two. As he takes a puff on a cigarette. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas. And you hear that, like, the first one or two times, it's like, oh, this is my favorite Christmas song. Eric yeah, just wanted a chance to sing. <laughs> After the seventh or eighth time, you're like, oh, no, no. I used to have a talking parrot named Chet. Ah. I held a match between his legs. He'd sing Chet's nuts roasting on an open fire. That's good. <laughs> With that, I will leave you guys. Have thanks. a great Christmas. Hey, hey, thanks, thanks, Jim. You too. Um, I just want to mention, I, I got a Christmas card from your mom the other day. Oh. Uh, your mom's what, like 94 now? Six, 96. 96. Wow, even better. Yeah. Uh, and, and just what a wonderful lady she is. She... You know her handwriting is still <clears throat> still perfect, and yeah. and she put such a such a nice sentiment in there. She she remembered all our our times together at Christmas in the past and things like that. And so I just wanted nice. you to um, send her my love um, when you see her and, and tell her you know we'll be thinking about her and and um, what a special place she has in in our hearts. So anyway, I just I just wanted you thank to thank you thank to, you to say I, that. She's, she'll appreciate that. I will pass that on. She's to an amazing and, lady. Um, yeah. You there? Yeah, yeah we're, we're still here. here. We're here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I was, I was. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate that sentiment. Well, and uh, I'm, I know she will too. And um, when uh, do we have the next show again? Are we going to wait until the new year? 
Uh, Not next week, Walt, right? Walt and I are going to talk about that I think, after... I think it's going to be the Thursday after New Year. I think so, yeah. Because I'm going to be away. Yeah, I'm going to be at the okay. in-laws that up, sounds for, up until New Year's. But one of the things I do want to say is that, Jim, this has been the best segment that you have done for the metaphysical connection throughout the history of this show. <laughs> well, thank you. And I think it's because of the new headphones and speaker uh, uh, microphone that Walt sent me for Christmas. This, You guys are so crystal clear. Yeah, it sounds good. It does. It really does. It, it sounds, sounds really so much very, better. Very good. And yeah. there's no background noise, which we've no, heard it's sometimes. Great. You know, it's, it's really a big improvement. It's awesome. The podcast, well, I, th- I thank you. The podcast uh, Amazon Elves came through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, listen, you guys have the, a did great it, Christmas. Did the drone deliver that? Did the, did the Amazon drone deliver that, I hope? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it would have had to flow under the eve of the porch to get there. <laughs> well, you never know. It's amazing what technology can do. But, yeah. but Jim, I'm, I'm so glad that you, uh, your hardware is all squared away. And, uh, it is. And you brought your A-game today, too. It's not just the quality, but you really brought your A-game today. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, guys. Just a beautiful job. A- it was a great uh, time interacting with you. Yep. You have a, again. You have a great Christmas and a great New Year, you guys. Hey, you. I'll see you next year. Okay, Bob. And to your family. You too, Jim. Also. Yep. Absolutely. We're, we're gonna so now indulge in some nog of nogs. Exactly. Well, uh, which which <laughs> would which would be like you drinking uh, battery acid, but. <laughs> My wife and a couple <laughs> friends for for a calm New Year's, and I'm so sick of. Uh, Jenny McCarthy and Brian Seacrest and all the boring crap they do that I I actually found. A DVD of 1957 Guy Lombardo New Year's. (laughs) 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 Little retro. Yeah, that is retro. Okay, Jim, take it easy. Have a good holiday. All right. Talk to you later, Jim. Well, Walt and I are taking a break. This is a great time to remind you that if you have an idea for the show, drop us a line, either via our Facebook group or email. Our email address is metaphysical at thefedorachronicles.com. We are always looking for new topics and people to interview from authors of books on the paranormal, researchers, publishers, and especially our listeners with strange experiences. We would love to have you just call in and chat for the special call-in segment of the show to be aired at a future date. You can find all the contact information on our homepage, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. I am enjoying this scene. Get on with it. Brand new equipment, brand new audio board, brand new uh, uh, headset, earphone uh, cable. Uh, I threw off my Radio Shack cable. I know, I know. Um, uh, new rig for, uh, for Jim and like, wow, Christmas really came early for us, huh? Yeah. So we're coming up on a, I think we're coming up on an anniversary, aren't we? we yeah, we are. We're, when, did, when was our first show recorded? January. This oh, it was last, January. last January. I, I mean, it was December. Well, I mean, how far back do you want to go? Cause there was the Fedora Chronicles radio show. No, I did a couple what, of the, the actual, um, Metaphy- the, the metaphysical connection. Yeah. Because the thing is, you and I did a podcast about uh, Star, Wars. The, the Star Wars The yeah. Force Awakens. That wasn't actually, the, that was no. pre-metaphysical yeah. connection. But it's, so, I mean, for us, you and I doing, because doing podcasts on a regular basis, it's it, it's been a year because we did the show for The Force Awakens. 
for the for the Fedora Chronicles radio show. And then we started doing the metaphysical connection, which and, um, you know, not to get sappy or anything like that. But I think this show has really changed my life and changed the way I see the universe. Literally. Yeah. I, li- li- literally. Well, I, I, every show that we do, I, I learn something. Yeah. And, and a lot of this stuff funnels into my ideas for my for my new book. Yeah. That um, hopefully will be coming out. Yeah. Sometime in the in the near future. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a good experience. It has been. It really and it has really sort of taught me a lot as well um, about uh, how I want to spend the, the the next decade or so in my life. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've become more enlightened, and yeah, hopefully our audience has as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, do you want do you want to talk a little bit about Rogue One before we get rolling on uh, Jesus, or do you want yeah. to leave that for another show? Well, I mean, the thing is, is that because the thing, the only thing, because you're downsizing. You're mm-hmm. you're getting rid of a lot of stuff, right. and Carol and I struggled with what what are we going to get Walt for Christmas, and um, and I said well, I I should just take him to see Rogue One, and if his son is in town, take the two of them to see Rogue One, and uh, you know it's like I want to get that done before uh, you know before Christmas, but if if I got to wait between you know for you know till next week, I, I could handle that. Yeah, but I think that's probably going to have to happen. But, but um, I'm I'm going to say that. Um, I'm sure you don't you don't have any personal memory of of, of this Walt, but um, as kids who grew up with Star Wars, we would get you know the, like the generic action figures, like um, you know like rebel rebel soldiers or stormtroopers, or whatever. Right. You'd make up your own mm-hmm. character, or I would I made up my own characters, and and um, you know come up with my own stories background stories about things that happened within the star wars universe that has nothing to do with luke leah han vader kenobi yada 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 and it was just like somebody plucked from the disney corporation plucked somebody out of the crowd um gareth edwards who did such a phenomenal job with the godzilla movies or the god the, the most recent godzilla reboot movie he did such a great job on that and they gave him the opportunity to make a Star Wars movie. It's a background story about how, who, what, where, and why stole the Death Star plans. Mm-hmm. So the new movie predates the original Star Wars. Yeah, it's a pre. It's literally a prequel to mm-hmm. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, because the thing is, is that the greatest MacGuffin is the Death Star plans and keeping the Death Star plans out of the hands of the Empire. Yeah, that's the the story really revolves around that. Right. It revolves around keeping R2-D2 out of mm-hmm. the hands of the Empire. You know, where that little disc that Prince, you see Princess Leia putting into R2, where'd that disc come from? That's the movie. That's that's the entire Rogue One. Right. Rogue right. One is, mm-hmm. where did Princess Leia get the disc? Spoiler alert, the rebels steal the plans of the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And it's and I, and the morning after I saw this, I said it is the best war movie that I've it's the best space war movie right. that I've ever right. seen. I read a review um which didn't go too much into the plot, but it but it talked about the how the how the movie was developed and 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 they actually used real war footage. Yeah. Like from um Vietnam and World War Two, I think. Yes. To to set up the scenes and things like that. So yeah. so it so it is an homage to the yeah. to the the war movies that were you know that we've known, you know, growing up and yeah. stuff. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I like I like that idea. Yeah. Because it, it gives it more 
groundedness, I think, or something. Exactly. You know? and, and that's cool. Well, I don't think we want to go too far into it because I haven't seen it, but maybe after the new year we can do a, yeah. we can do a show about it or yeah. a part of a show anyway. Yeah, it, um, but it, it's the best space war movie I've ever seen. Right. Good. So in keeping with that, I, I do have a Christmas present for Eric. Oh, really? I do, yeah. And I'm going to give it, this is on air now. He doesn't, he's not seen I have this, no so. idea what it is, other than the fact that it's in a brown paper bag. Oh, it's, it's in a bull moose bag. Bull moose is a, a very, very cool um, place that originated in Portland, Maine, but is now in Keene, New Hampshire. Oh, wow! I, ho- I hope your wife didn't plan on giving you that for Christmas. Cause oh, wow! I love this. Do you know of it? Do you, have you heard of it? I No. I, this is amazing. Why don't you tell the listeners so that they know what you have in your hand? Oh, it? well, yeah. George, Lu- George Lucas, A Life. I'm looking at this, and it was from Brian J. Jones, author of the best, the national bestseller, Jim Henson. George mm-hmm. Lucas, I don't know if people know this, but George Lucas is a hero of mine. So now you can read all about them. I'm going to I'm I'm going to absorb this book here. And the thing is, is that it was just like I I think that it was just like George Lucas is like one of those people where you can look and say, if it wasn't for George Lucas, we wouldn't have fill in the blank. Because I think George Lucas is like how how much uh, how much of a deficit would there be culturally if it wasn't for George Lucas? Yeah, think about that. You know, we talked about the. Uh, it's a wonderful life. What what life would be like if you were never born? Yeah. Well, if if George Lucas never did what he did, yeah. Just just think how how much of a void there would be in culture. Yeah. Without Star Wars, you'd you'd be a cultural pauper, Eric. I I I shudder to think what my life would be like if it wasn't for George. Because I mean, I mean, no, seriously, I, I'm, I'm teasing you. Well, but I'm, but yeah, but I'm not because <laughs> I, know, I know because the thing is, is like if it wasn't for George Lucas. Um, I wouldn't have the same love of classical music that I have because the thing is, is that you could, I could only listen to the original soundtrack by John Williams so many mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. before I start flipping through the dial and finding classical music that is like, right? You know, epics and it, stuff. It like opens that. up a whole spectrum of possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And uh, did you know that that book existed? Or? No, I honestly, I, did I, not. I was in Bull Moose, which which yeah. I was saying is it uh, started in Portland, Maine. There's now yeah. in, one in Keene. Have you been there yet? I, that I have been to. You yeah, been. yeah. So it, they had a display of these, and I looked at it, and it was like flashing neon green yeah. and red lights. Eric, Eric, yeah, bye for Eric. So I, I got it for you, Eric. You're awesome. I, Thank I, you so I, much. I knew you'd like it. Thank you so much, and I cannot wait to take you to see this movie. But well, we'll get it done. We will. So we want. We had two ideas for a show all lined up, and of course, with the with the fiasco with the with the audio board, which half of it's my fault. I mean, definitely the part about me plugging in the power supply without yeah. checking. <laughs> <laughs> Refer to the beginning of the show, and you know, for for, right. for for a comical version of that. For a comical version, <clears throat> and then of course the day after Friday, I'm vac. I'm trying to vacuum up the house because we were supposed to get a tree, and so of course one of the tongs broke off. One of the electrical tongs, electrical socket tongs, it was just sticking. It broke off, and it was sticking out of the outlet. And you touched it. <laughs> so I thought, let's let's see if whether or not <laughs> it's all the way in. 
and I got a pair of pliers and I just grabbed it with my left hand and wouldn't you know it. <laughs> I had no rubber grips. <laughs> I had no, I had no uh, rubber grips. Okay. So on Thursday, I electrocuted myself on the left, the left hand and left arm. And on Friday, I electrocuted myself <laughs> on the right hand. <laughs> I thought, I, I thought Eric had a perm. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but at least the ringing in my <clears throat> ears has stopped. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So we are we are drinking today the the nog of nogs, my, the, my yeah. famous or infamous, <clears throat> in some cases infamous. Yeah, eggnog, fresh, so, freshly, freshly created this morning. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to make it through the entire show or not. <laughs> Is you put a lot of you put a nice amount of brandy. It's in this. it's it's got well it's got bourbon too actually. Well, brandy and bourbon right. as, uh, if, as if it needed a little. More. Oh, you're the best. It's it's just a nice kind. It's a, it's it's kind of perfect. A nice mellow combination. It's perfect. Yeah. It is, it is. And if if Walt would be so kind, maybe we could put the recipe up on the uh, on the show. Well, page. I, we could do that. All right. That. So anyway, first and foremost, I want to talk about the 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 origins of Jesus. Right. And this is going to get really really sort of controversial and. Well, it should be. I think. Um, I think. I think. I think, I think, I think we've been duped in some ways. I want to also um, make it really clear that we're not trying to make fun of anybody's beliefs. And, no, absolutely and, not. Um, absolutely not. And I'm sort of putting my 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 belief on the line here because um, no, I I believe in Jesus. I I and I believe in God, and I believe, but I don't know if I believe in the Jesus that is depicted in the Bible per right. se. There's a lot of great things that Jesus says that I think that a lot, many of my fellow Christians really need to sort of, um, how can I say this without being rude or kind of saying, you got to get your heads out of your asses because a lot of things that people say Jesus said, Jesus never said. Because the most important thing that Jesus had said is love thy neighbor as, as you love yourself. Love your neighbor the mm -hmm. way I love you. And that said, that doesn't mean love your neighbor as long as he belongs to the same political party that you belong right. to. Right. Don't love your neighbor because he ha he has the right religion. Love your neighbor no matter what, because I'm going to tell you in a time of a disaster when you really need something or you really need help, you better hope your neighbor is there. Whether your neighbor is the person who literally lives next door, or the uh, the woman behind the counter at Dunkin' Donuts, or uh, the clerk at the, or, or your neighbor as a generality for the, rest, generality. Of the rest of mankind sort of yeah and the actions of mankind sometimes are, are hard to take yeah. at least for me but you have to kind of try to get past that and, yeah and, and look for um, the humanness in, in all in all things I think that's, yeah that's you know one of the messages that I get from yeah from you know, and I'm not, I don't consider myself a Christian. Um, I, I consider myself a spiritual person, but I, yeah, I don't follow yeah. any particular religion. Yeah. Uh, I'm not disparaging your religion no, or anybody not. else's religion. Of course not. You know, I think that whatever you need to, to get to where you need to go, yeah. you know, to, to get to be a more enlightened person for, yeah. for whatever that means to, to, to you yeah. or to whoever it is, is, is the route that you need to take. Yeah. But but by the same token, I don't think that you should disparage my thinking patterns no, of or my not, beliefs no. and and say that I'm less than because I don't you know I would, ascribe I, to what you're thinking. Well, here, when I say you, I'm not talking about you right, particularly, Eric. Because the thing is, is that it's like and I, and I, a general you. And I and I, and I say this, I, I say this with all honesty. You are a better Christian than a lot of Christians that I know. 
meaning you you are more Christ-like in the way that you treat other people. You are always the first person to say, hey, let's take a step back and look at the situation through somebody mm-hmm. else's eyes. Mm-hmm. You're the first person to not jump to conclusions. Well, I, I try to embrace the Christ consciousness, yeah. I think, is, is what, yeah. what it comes down to. And, and that's really, um, you know, like what you were saying, giving people the benefit of the doubt and, and realizing that everybody has a weakness and everybody has a shortcoming. And some people just aren't quite there yet, you know. And rather than being judgmental, um, try to, you know, try to look for what's positive in people. You know, yeah. sometimes that's hard. You know, yeah. sometimes that's a difficult thing. Uh, you know, like like the kid, the kid that went into the church and shot all those black people. Um, that's a tough one. You know, that that's a hard thing to find yeah. anything good in that person. Yeah. You know, but but maybe the maybe the Christ Christ consciousness in that situation is how those people dealt with it. You know, yeah. There was people that you know had relatives that were killed there that actually forgave him. That's tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. That's a real tough one. I, I don't know if I could do that. That's a hard thing. You know, if somebody killed one of your kids or your wife or something, well, how, do you, how do you find a place for that? I, you know, I, that's, that's the thing that, but, but I think that's what really what Christ was saying is that, yeah. in some sense, is that that's a circumstance. Yeah. And, and you're, you're a spiritual being. That's, that's a physical, material circumstance yeah. that you have to um, sort of get past. Yeah. You know, that's a tough thing to do, but it's a challenge. You know, it's a, it's a learning. We're, we're here to learn essentially. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's really what it comes down to. So, um, you, you have one perspective on, on Christ and I sure. think I have sure. a, a quite radically different perspective. Uh, yeah, I think, absolutely. Uh, which is okay. Yeah. And, and people can, hopefully the listeners will, you know, take whatever they want to take away from this, uh, from your point of view, my point of view, and or some distillation of right. of whatever it is that we talk about today. But so you you want to give us sort of your? Are you going to go biblical? You're going to go just purely historical? Or, well, I'm going to merge the two. I'm going to merge. I'm, I'm going to merge the two. And one of the things that I really want, and this is true of all the other shows that we have done, mm-hmm. the other 44 shows that we we have done, not including the episodes of the the, the Federal Chronicles Radio Show. I'm not telling anybody at all what to think. Yeah, I'm not it's telling not, anybody. It's not our intent. Like, uh, I'll, t- uh, I'll take Roswell, for example. I'm convinced that something happened at Roswell that is beyond earthly explanation. I honestly believe that something happened that is beyond rational expl- something explanation. Something metaphysical. Something tr- truly genuine me- metaphysical. Yeah. And I also believe that there, there were advanced civilizations here on Earth that either— they were actually they were in charge, or they were just here to just to, to strip mine the planet for gold, and they went all about their business, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely now, but I, I'm not telling people you have to believe that what happened at what I say happened at Roswell is the truth. I'm laying it all out there, saying I want you to make up your decision. I want you to make up your own mind. Right, that's the, that's the point of really why we right. do the show. It's bringing forward things that. You know, people may or may know a little bit about right. and, and may want to know more yeah. about, but we're, we're not in the business of drawing conclusions right. for people. So I, so I, I, I did a, a quick search, and I have all the links of what I think are the best um, sites for both the case for and against Jesus as being a historical figure. 
and that there were quite a few um, Roman emperors. There are two Roman emperors that mention Jesus and his followers by name in ancient documents, ancient tablets or ancient papyrus as being, here's a troublemaker who calls this, himself Jesus. This is before Constantine. Yes. Right. And there, there are, there's a lot of people who said there's this troublemaker named Jesus uh, who calls himself the, the Christ and his followers are becoming a, a, a big, huge, huge problem. And there are, there are a lot of documents out there that talk about, about Christ's followers and saying that, you know, this is what we believe. We do not believe in your multi-God system. We believe in the one true God and the, you know, the, the Holy Ghost and, and the Son of God. And there's one of the reasons why... Which is kind of interesting because Christ never even talked about the Holy Trinity. That wasn't, that wasn't something he even addressed. Yeah, and that's and the thing is, is that um, one of the reasons why Christians hang on to the Old Testament is because the thing is, is that well, there's a lot of great stories in there. Yeah. Uh, but um, if you go to the last book, I'm racing to find this because I don't want to get this wrong here. You go to the last book, the book of Malachi, and it says, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen with the next couple of generations. Here's a guy. A guy's going to come. He's going to claim to be the son of God, and he's going to perform, he's going to perform these, these miracles, and he's going to do these things, and this is how he's going to pass away. And then he's going to come back, ascend to heaven, blah, blah, blah. And Jesus fulfilled all the things that were talked about in the last book of what we call the Old Testament. He fulfilled all of the things that he was supposed to do proving that he was indeed the Messiah. And and there's another great book. It's called The Signature of God, by written by Grant Jeffries. And he, and he, and he looks at the entire, how, how, what, what are the odds of one person coming forward and fulfilling all of these obligations? What, what are the odds of this happening? Mm-hmm. And Grant Jeffries' book, The Signature of God, also talks about there being many archaeological evidences, pieces of evidence um, you know talking about Moses and that there's there was somebody had carved into a rock saying you know, the followers of Moses were here on this rock whereas when they were wandering the desert for 40 years and there's there are there's a lot of historical references to Jesus there's a lot of archaeological and it's one of the great things that had occurred over the past year is that archaeological archaeologists were able to go into the alleged tomb of Jesus and they did a huge study on what they had found there. And they published in the National Geographic. And it's there. It's out there. And if How did they know it was the tomb of Jesus? Oh, because the legend <clears throat> says so. I mean, mm-hmm. now, but and a, you get, well, there's a, it's, it's located in a lot of different spots. Yeah, yeah that's the funny thing, because a lot of people claim mm-hmm. that Jesus, yeah. you know, slept right. here and all like or, that. Or died there. Or yeah. Something. yeah. You know, so or it was placed there after his yeah. death, I guess. Yeah. The but the thing the is, is that is. now this is where I think you're going to come in, because there's a lot of things about Jesus that um, is echoed in other um, religious figures before Jesus. Yeah, Egyptians, Greeks, they, you know, they have a... There's, there's some scholars who really think, um, and based on a lot of research, that Jesus, as a 
person really didn't exist. Right. That that he was really um, sort of a mythological composite. Sure. Of, of different figures, most of them were sun uh, based on sun worship, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about a little bit when we talk about the origins of Christmas and sure. the, the pagan origins. But they <clears throat> they were they were sun um, sun worshiping figures that had very many characteristics the same as Jesus had yeah. in common. Yeah. And and they believed that Jesus as a real human being did not exist. Uh, number one, there Jesus was a fairly common name at that time. It was like Thomas or Joe or something. Or John. Like, yeah. Or John. And and so, you know, a figure of a person named Jesus could have could have very well existed and mm-hmm. whether or not he was, you know, um, the son of God is another is another whole topic, I guess, but um, they they think that sun worship, S-U-N worship, mm-hmm. morphed into sun, S-O-N. Son of God worship. You know, so so that's what they're, where they're thinking mm-hmm. is. And, and, you know, these are not, these are people that are like archaeologists and, and things like that. They're not just purely philosophers or anything like that. So, um, you know, I happen to not think that that's the truth. I think that there was a, a human being named Jesus yeah. Um, what that person actually was or who that person was, I think, has been s- sort of morphed yeah. into, into what we now think of as Jesus. Um, I'm not sure that the Jesus that actually existed had the intention that um, the, the Jesus that we think of right. in Christian lore yeah. is, is one and the same person. Um, now to, to kind of backstory a little bit, um, and and jump in here whenever you of course you of course need uh, the, the the lineage of Jesus actually started with his grandparents. I yeah. mean the the, yeah. the metaphysical lineage, I guess. Yeah. Although it may have gone before that, mm-hmm. um, because his this, his grandparent or actually Mary's his mother's the Virgin Mary. Yeah. Uh, parents. Uh, her her father was named Joachim, and her mother was named Anna. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a high priest. He was a Hebrew priest. Um, but they were childless. Right. So um, he was out, and Joachim was hanging out in the field one day, and an angel appeared to him. Now, now, what an angel is, is, again, up for grabs. We've talked about that in previous shows. Right. Is that um, an angel angel, you know, sent from God? Or, sure. Or is it some kind of an enlightened being that... Is uh, has some alien connection, right? Which is what you know. I happen to ascribe to, as right. you know. That's sort of my. Can we say Anunnaki? We, we can say Anunnaki. Yeah. <laughs> um, although the the Anunnaki really, <clears throat> in some ways, uh, are just kind of the progenitors of, of this uh, of this kind of line of thinking. At some point, that shifted over to um, a group of people that were given the assignment of of monitoring the human race uh referred to as the brotherhood yeah and they've you know over the course of history have been involved in in many different permutations of of that mindset that line so maybe that's maybe that's maybe this angel was some kind of an alien being because he was the person was described as glowing yeah being of light being yeah being of light which is where the angel part comes in i guess so, so they informed Joachim that since they were childless, they were gonna. Um, he, he was his wife was gonna be given a child, um, and that's really where the concept of virgin birth comes in. 
because I, I really think it's, it's, a, it's a question of artificial insemination. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, sorry, I think Joaquin's wife, Anna, was artificially inseminated um, with a child, which became Mary. Yeah. Um, now, Mary was born. And, and the downside of this whole thing was that um, they couldn't keep her. They had to put her in a, um, a monastery. So, so Anna gave birth to her, put her in a monastery, and she stayed there. And I'm thinking she was probably indoctrinated in some way. Sure. Through, through the, you know, through some the kind of wisdom teachings yeah. or something. And <clears throat> at the age of 13 or 14, it was time for her to get married, which is, you know, by our, our standards, a little bit young. But I guess but in those days. When you live to be 30. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was like your, your life was already half over. So, so what happened was Mary... Um, was sort of put into a preordained marriage with this guy named Joseph. Sure. Who was quite a bit older than her. Okay. Um, and he was a little bit reluctant about it because he had already had children. He really didn't want to start up a new family and, and those kinds of things. But um, he was convinced that this would be a, a good thing for him to do. Uh, so they became married. And at some point, Mary was informed by an angel that she was going to be inseminated. Yeah. Um, now that now that the biblical story, I think, is that she was inseminated by God's energy, or yeah, uh, the but, Holy but, Spirit, like the like she was, you know, she was. Uh, see, I don't want to use the word inseminated because I mean, I don't that's, know. That's a yeah. blas- blasphemous. Pro- yeah, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> well, the thing that's is, my point of view. You know, so the, you can you can pawn that off on me. The Holy Spirit moved upon her, and right. you know, you know, she like. I dropped an egg or whatever. Well, she was impregnated. She was impregnated somehow, some somehow, way. Somehow, some way. Right. right. I yeah. happen to think, again, it was a question of artificial sure. insemination. Sure. Um, which some of the listeners are probably going to be twitching over. Yeah. But anyway, that's my point of view. I'm not saying you have to believe it. I'm just saying no. that I believe it. So, yeah. uh, so Mary was impregnated and um, with with Jesus. Yeah. Now, now. This is where the Essenes kind of come into. We, we talked about these this yeah. group in the in the previous segment with Jim. Um, the Essenes were a were a religious movement, a religious religious group that um, really were quite a departure from the Hebrew Hebrew beliefs. Although they probably were Hebrews, and some, yeah, yeah, there were some channel, some offshoot of of Hebrewism, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they <clears throat> they had very strong beliefs about human beings being enlightened, and they, yeah. they actually had they actually were kind of a sect because they had they had a lighter they had lighter skin, and um, <clears throat> which kind of comes into play when we when we talk about Jesus's actual physicality, sure, um, what he really looked like, because a, a typical male in that era in that geological geographic location would would be fairly dark skinned. Mm-hmm. Um, and supposedly Jesus had had light skin, so that's that's one of the one of the things about him. Uh, but I'm getting a little ahead of the story here. So 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 Mary was impregnated, and they decided uh, Joseph decided they were going to go to um, Jerusalem or Bethlehem, I guess. Um, and and so w- they were in process of doing that, and and Mary went into labor. Yeah. So um, from this version of the story, Jesus was actually born in a cave. He was not born in the manger. Right. The manger came later. Uh, so 
that again kind of points to an Essene influence because the Essenes, the cave was where they did most of their business. Yeah. They, they were not cavemen, but they... They were cave dwellers. They, well, sort of. They, they, they did a lot of their religious ceremonies and things like but that. But these weren't caves. like pri primitive caves. These were caves that were like... Uh, you know, like uh, their their version of Bob Vila. So, you know, if this old house was well, this maybe. old cave. Yeah, they fixed, I, I, it was yeah, I'm not sure about that. Un but. An underground settlement that, you know, had all the modern amenities, as right. it were. But th this, that comes into play later on because um, supposedly Jesus was part of that sect yeah. when he got older. Um, or he was born into it anyway. Or, or maybe they were the ones who were the progenitors of, the, yeah. of Mary's um, pregnancy. So uh, Jesus was born in the cave, and, and they moved him into the town eventually, yeah. into a manger, a manger, which is where they set up shop. Um, now, now you have the whole story of the Star of Bethlehem guiding the three wise men there. Yeah. Now, the three wise men were from Persia, apparently. Yeah, okay. Um, which, which is where there was a whole different set of religious tenets at work. Yeah. Um, and, and somehow they they knew to come there. They were, uh, what's is there a biblical spin on on how the wise men got involved? Well, there's one one version where King Herod, who was the um, religious leader of the region, and he was terrified of being overthrown. Right. He heard that there was going to be a messiah, a messiah right. born, right. and King Herod had sent out like you know troops to see and three wise men to see. You know, um, uh, you know, is there any validity to this? And this is around the, you know, or this oh, is. So they were connected to King Herod. I think that I think that they were like traveling wise men who had showed up. We should actually look up, you know, the origin of the three wise men or the three kings. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about that. And they, they were they were actually religious. Yeah, people. And they were they were just you know they were they were dispatched to check out the validity of this Jesus character. Mm -hmm. And King Herod, because of the you know, biblical prophecy that I just mentioned, it was pretty clear that there was going to be a Messiah, the Son of God, who was going to overthrow the the um, in unjust political order of of the time. That's what people were really sort of terrified. So um, King Herod had said that all 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 males under the age of two were to were to be killed, and after the three, that, that's funny because that that goes back to the biblical story of Moses and yeah, and, you know that's a, that sort echoes. of all ties together. Yeah, it, it that echoes. <clears throat> but the thing is, is that um, the 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 Egyptian pharaoh had said that all the all the Jewish males under a certain age needed to be killed because the Jews were becoming too populous in in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Whereas King Herod said that all the all the Males under the age of this age need to be killed because he was afraid of being overthrown, and rightfully so, because, mm -hmm. I mean, he was a bit of a monster, he allegedly. Saw the, he saw the Christ or the Messiah as being a challenge to his authority. Exa exactly. So, Which is really what ended up happening. And that's one of the reasons. Ironically. So the thing is, is that after the three wise men said, yeah, this is this is the dude, this is the kid, he's he's living up to. Getting the three wise men seal of approval. Yeah, you got the three wise the men seal of Christ yeah. approval. Yep. And, and so... Um, Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus uh, took off, and they disappeared into into Egypt for a while, the countryside outside of Cairo, what is what is now known as Cairo. Well, let's back up a little bit to um, the Star of Bethlehem. 
Jim, Jim talked about Jim that talked in about this previous for a little segment bit. Yeah. about it being some kind of a, a celestial alignment. Yeah. Uh, well, my spin on it is that since this um, child was um, inseminated by an alien source, sure, um, that the UFO, the uh, star of Bethlehem, Bethlehem was actually a UFO. Yeah. Uh, because it did move. You know. Now think yeah. about that. I mean, what kind of a celestial body actually moves that you can perceptibly? Right. So, so this star actually moved and guided these wise men to, to wherever Jesus was. I guess at this point he was in the manger. Yeah, and shepherds. And shepherds were right. also felt, followed the, the, the symbol. Right, right. So that's my spin, that it yeah. was actually a UFO sort of sure. guiding this whole procedure. Right. Keep, keep in mind also that our, our, our old buddy Nick Redfern... Um, has a book along this along the uh, along this theory. Um, I'll f- I'll find the link to it and I'll put it in our show notes. But but Nick Redfern also entertains this this, this theory theory yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. Yeah, <clears throat> I guess. Sure. Yeah, it does to me anyway. Sure. So so now we we have this Christ child who who grows up. Um, uh, up to about the age of 13. Um, and, and supposedly he was remarkable in the sense that he somehow had insight into um, teachings and wisdom. Right. That was way beyond his like he years. Had, he, he, could, he could recite the Torah verbatim. Yeah. So he and probably had a, um, he probably had a um, photogra- photographic memory or something. Right. And, he, know, and he was actually able to challenge the... the, the uh, uh, the temple elders in what what the what the Torah said and what the Torah really right, meant, right. which is unusual. For which is pretty unusual. Pretty, pretty precocious for a thirteen year old. And to. you know, and they're talking about you know God's house, ha- and we were talking about like the, how the temple was God's house. Every every Jewish temple was considered God's house, and then he start Jesus started to refer to himself as this, no no this is my this is my house. Mm-hmm. This is my house, and this is my father's house. He started to refer to the church, the temples, right. as being his father's house. Right. I and think, that really I think threw what he was off. really saying was that it's it's really everybody's house. Yeah, you know, it's really not just um, sectioned off like right. That, you know, is that and you can only have access to it if you do thus and such. Yeah, that it was it was there for everybody. I think right. that was it's really not all what about his you. Message was yeah, and he, and he and he also <clears throat> called out a lot of the rabbis for a lot of their BS because the thing you know all these people need this that and the other thing and here you are you're you know you're adorned in these these gorgeous robes and you drink out of gold chalices and mm-hmm. you squander money like there's crazy and oh, oh and by the way hey Jimmy over there hey I know what you did with that prostitute last Thursday night mm-hmm. you know. I see you when you're sleeping, and I know when you're awake. And you've been a very, very bad. But he called people on their on their, he, on he their absolutely bullshit. Did. Yeah, he absolutely did. So he gets to be about 13 years old. It was 12, 13 is when the uh, Jewish boys are bar mitzvahed, and, and that's what happened. Now that that brings up an interesting time frame. Now, yeah, uh, right around the time when he was bar mitzvahed, he disappeared. 
Yeah, where did um, he go? Well, that's that's the missing time of Christ. Nobody, I mean, there's there's some, isn't there some thinking in the Bible that he was wandering around in the desert or something? And, there, there and he is. Met, he met Satan and yeah, was that, challenged by that was that was shortly before his crucifixion, where he did go out in the desert. Oh, and he was, okay, so that was not. Yeah, that, this is where my lack of biblical knowledge comes. But there's, in, but, but there were a lot of periods where Jesus just up and disappeared for. Well, a there while. was a whole the whole time frame. From, yeah, from the time he was 13 till the time he was about. Uh, 27 or so, so yeah. or, or or even more, 29 maybe. Um, so there was about a 16 year time frame where there's no real record of, no. supposedly anyway, mm-hmm. according to to biblical sources anyway. There's no real record of where. Yeah, he where was. did Jesus go? Right. So, so there's a couple different theories. The the one that I happen to subscribe to is the fact that he was on sort of a pilgrimage. Yeah. To acquire wisdom. From different sources, sure. throughout the known yeah. world, anyway. Um, so he he jumped on a caravan, and he and he ended up in India, uh, in the Kashmir region of of India, which is where there was a, a sect of uh, Hindus, um, known known as the Aryans. All right. Now there's the, you know the Aryan goes back to, you know we think of that a lot a lot of connection is is to the to the Nazis and the Aryan philosophy and that sure. kind of thing. But that's really where that originated from. And these, these people were um, sort of at the top of the, of the Indian caste system. You know, and, and I know that's a favorite topic of yours, Eric, is about the caste system that, that we have now even. Yeah. Um, but uh, Christ ended up there, or Jesus ended up there, and he studied with them. He, he studied their philosophy. He studied their, their their religious beliefs, and he again he was able to memorize huge portions of their of their doctrine and was able to recite it. So that was one of the things that he seemed to have a talent for: is, is absorbing knowledge and then kind of turning it into a philosophy. Yes. Uh, now the problem came in 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 the fact that uh, he was he took exception to the caste system. Because the Brahmins were the high, you know, they were the high order of people. They were the, they were the, the scholars and the the, the wealthy people. They yeah. were the they were really the only ones that had access to these teachings, and Christ took exception to that. Yeah, and he started um, bringing that philosophy down to the to the lower castes, including the untouchables, which were the lowest of the low. Right. In their caste system. Right. We call them homeless people here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They're the people sitting on the, on the steps with a cup. Yeah. Uh, um, so so his, his thought was that these teachings should be um, accessed by everyone. Um, and, you know, the Brahmins took great exception to that when he started doing that. They, they didn't like that one iota because it's sort of, you know, it sort of took away their privilege in some yeah, sense. It took, you know? it, it took away their um, authority. They, they believed that those people would have to be reincarnated and move up the ladder to yeah. get to get that knowledge. And Christ didn't didn't believe that. No, he thought that was for everybody to have. So, so that made him quite unpopular unpopular with this group of people, and to the point where they actually uh, put a hit out on him. They hired an assassin to take him out. Um. But he he got wind of it and he escaped and got got on the nearest camel I guess or nearest yeah. camel train and, and got out of Dodge before they yeah. before they yeah. got to him. 
Uh, and then he moved on to um, Tibet, I believe, uh, which, which is another interesting story because um, there's, there's a temple there in Tibet um, where all of the very high-level religious people have gone um, to sort of study and, and meditate and contemplate. And he went there and he, and he got some additional teachings there. Now, there's a, there's a guy, now this is a historical point of view. Um, there was a Russian guy who was touring Tibet, and his name was Nimikov, I think. I've got it written down. I have to check my notes. But he fell off a horse, and, and he was pretty, pretty badly injured, so they took him to this temple to, to sort of recuperate. And while he was there, I guess, and it was a matter of months, I guess, um, the... The um, brothers there kind of took them under their wing and, and they told them about this document that existed. And they actually showed it to him, I think. Um, or they sh no, it, w it wasn't the actual doc document. They showed him a copy of it. Somebody had done a, a hand copy of it. Yeah. And it was called The, the Life of St. Isa. Okay. Um, which he came to believe was a documentation of Christ's time in, in India. And it had come down from where he from the Kashmir region of India to these monks in Tibet, which is really just north of there, um, and they were the keepers of this of this document. Um, but they had it hidden away. There was there were a lot of there was a lot of cultural upheaval during that time and yeah. revolution and stuff, and they hid it away somewhere. And nobody seemed or very few people seemed to know where it is. So they interpreted this this document for this Russian guy and he decided he wanted to write a book about it to kind of document Jesus's missing time in India um, and he went to the Vatican and, and he told them about it and they, they were like mm, that's not a good idea because it, it countered everything that you know they had sort of established as being the everything that was in the Catholicism at the time right, right. yeah so they said oh you don't want to do that that's, that's, or the catechism, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's not a good idea. You're yeah. gonna, a lot of people are going to want to kill you and stuff like that. You're going to really shake the foundation of his belief. But anyway, he went ahead and did it anyway. And, good and that, for him. Yeah. Good for him. So that kind of chronicles the, um, you know, the, the time, the missing time of Jesus. And he ended up going to Egypt, too, as well, kind of on his return journey. Sure. And, and uh, got, a, got a lot of wisdom. But uh, it seemed like wherever he went, he, he pissed people off. Yeah. You know, and, and got people. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like us. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was kind of, he, he, he didn't ascribe to the, to the thinking that, that, yeah. that they, you know, where, wherever these religious um, places were, they, they all pretty much didn't want the lower classes of people to have access to, to higher, you know, to wisdom teachings and yeah. things like that. And, and he took exception to that, and that made him very, very unpopular. And that's what ended up happening in the long run, I think. Um, that's what got him where he got at the end of the day. So, I don't know, what do you think about it? Have you, have you done any? No, I mean, that's not the first time. I remember um, when I was uh, in high school and early college, there was a lot of people who were talking about, um, you know, the hidden Jesus, whereas it's like Jesus did not just hide out in the desert for a while. He actually did a lot of traveling and mm -hmm. performed a lot of miracles and he shined and 
uh, there was a lot of speculation that Jesus shows up in other religions around the region around that period of time. Mm-hmm. And that it was just like, I mean, listen, I mean, we're, I mean, look, we're talking about the son of God. I mean, who am I to say that Jesus did or did not do something? I mean, that's pretty arrogant on my part. Whereas I look, I would be surprised at all if Jesus was going around and he was like, you know, going around the region. It's like if the son of God is like camped out somewhere for like a couple of years in his prime doing God knows what, literally, mm-hmm. you know, that seems to me like a, a, a waste of divinity, as it were. <laughs> But it's squandering your divinity. Yeah, squandering his divinity. And and the thing is, is that it's like, I mean, how, how many times can you read the Torah before, okay, you got it, you got a cold, now you got to go and see what else other people are saying. And there are other people that he, he needed to teach to. Well, the, the question in my mind, when you talk about divinity is, is what, what do we, how do we define divinity? Um, now, I can't make that decision for everybody else. I can only tell you what I think, what divinity is and. And it falls right in line with the metaphysical connection, as it, as it were, to, you know, to coin a phrase. Whereas, you know, um, is the Pope divine? Is, is the Dalai Lama divine? Are these um, uh, medicine men in, in these tribes, are they, are they divine? It, it's, up to, it's up to the eye of the beholder. Whether the thing is, is that you have somebody who has teachings that is... Uh, ahead of his time, and he's able to perform some miracles, heal the sick, um, heal the lame, um, mm-hmm. give sight to the blind, all well, of that. Well, I would postulate that we're all divi- we're all divine. Sure, and we all have divine energy. Some of us just don't access it. It says that in the Bible as well, because right. you have the power. To, you know, because Jesus had said, "Look, you have the power to command this olive tree." To death, you can just say "be gone" and whatever, and mm-hmm. it, it's like it's like the power of positive thinking, as it were. Like I'm positive that we are going to have the fastest growing podcast in the realm of the supernatural in 2017. I have that within me, that positive thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, you have positive thinking that you're going to accomplish whatever it is you're going to accomplish. You have if you th- if you think it, it'll come to be. Providing, of course, that you're willing to sort of like. But in some ways, you could you could say that that's divine energy because it's it's come from a, it's really channeling something from a higher source. Yeah. In some sense, opening a channel. Oh, by all means, yeah. And I I think that that's what, um, that that was the knowledge that Christ was trying to get across to people. Yeah. That we could all, in our own way, be gods in some sense, or or at least channel that divine energy and use it. For, yeah. You know, it's like the force, sort of, in some ways. It's very much like the force. You know, it's it's really, I think, what Lucas was sort of getting to with the force is that, you know, it's there. Now, I think some people have more, um, have an easier access for, for whatever reason. And my personal belief is that some people have more alien DNA than others. Metachlorians. <clears throat> What's that? Metachlorians. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's my spin on it. Yeah. But but I think we all have that capability. And I think that's really what Christ's message was that he was trying to get across is that we all have the cap- we all have access to the kingdom of heaven. Now the kingdom of heaven being that divine where the the source of that divine energy. Sure. Um, wh- however you want to define that and it and it doesn't really matter how you define it. That's up to you. I you know. 
it doesn't matter how you get there. There's more than one path to the top of the mountain. It's, it's where it's, it's, it's trying to get there. That's even get there, getting there. I'm not even sure is the, yeah. is the end game. I think it's, it's the journey. It's the journey, not just the the destination. And and I think that's really what, what Christ was trying to tell everybody. Um, Now his messages has been distorted and morphed into something that works for uh, maintaining these power brokers. Let's let's get it to say what we want it to say, so we can justifiably do this horrible right. deed. Right now, now Christ's ministry was only really three years. Yes, before he was he was taken out, right, either literally or figuratively, depending on how you want yeah. to interpret it. Uh, but but what he did was he he traveled around and he brought that message that he had learned from the, all of these different religious um, teachers and 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 oddly enough. It was not just even one religion. It was Hinduism. Um, he accessed, he went, when he went into Tibet, he ac- accessed Buddhism. Yeah, he accessed a um, lot of stuff. So he, he had really a hybrid message, a distilled yeah. message. Um, that was, I'm sure the um, message of the Essenes was in there as well, you yeah. know. Um, but again, when he started uh, his ministry, he, he ticked people off. He, he aggregated people because... They all wanted to be the one message. You know, they all wanted to be the message. And, and he was taking yeah. this yeah. hybridized message that he, he developed, which was his, his ministry, really. Yeah. Um, and putting it out there for everybody, not just, you know, the higher level Brahmins or whoever it happened yeah. to be. Yeah. And, and even the Essens had that philosophy. They, they thought they were the ones that, had the yeah. had the true answer to to all these things. So um, his his real intention, I think, was to to open up that channel yeah. for everyone as much as possible, or or at least tell them that they had the ability to do that. And I think that's what got him. Yeah, got him into trouble, and uh, the Romans got wind of it. And I think I think. In some ways, I think the I think the Essenes might have set him up for what happened, um, because they their whole philosophy was based on a Messiah, and I think they set him up as the Messiah. He he said he wasn't the Messiah. He didn't want to be the Messiah. He didn't want that role. No. Um, he basically, I think, just wanted to. Get his philosophy. Just be. Let's 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 just be a teacher. Let's right. just hang out. And you know, some people say that he's the he's the first socialist or is he's the first hippie, whatever. Yeah, you know, and he, and he had a, and he, but the, I mean, the thing is, is that well, he, he had an enlightened message. He had a message that could be beat and could not be kept down. Message of peace. Yeah, you know, which you know, if you look at the world events today, that that message could go a long way in a lot of yeah a lot of areas. Yeah, you know, if people would sort of embrace that, but. Yeah, you know, and, and I certainly don't think he ever intended to have wars fought in his. Oh life. hell no! Or or to have you know another group killing another group because they believed in his teachings, and, yeah. and this other group didn't necessarily concur with that. <clears throat> that yeah, certainly like, was not his intention. Like the, the like the notion of like in in Ireland, the the notion that we have Protestants and Catholics yeah. killing each other. It's, it's a total distortion of what he was trying to say. I yeah. Think. You know, and that's because his message is, well, by all accounts, or by some accounts anyway, um, 
only really 5% of his true message is reflected in the current doctrine yeah. of, of Christianity. And there's a lot of things that Christ had said that was manipulated. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you look at all these mega churches and you look at these mega successful pastors and preachers who show up to church in a limo. That's all about money. It's all about money. <clears throat> money and, and power. And, and the thing is, is that you have, you know, it's uh, Christianity in many ways is sort of like become a circus where you have this big, huge teacher who comes in and, and, and it's like Wayne Newton in Las Vegas. Like you have the like the announcements, you know. Like uh, like in the Blues Brothers, where it's like you have the 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 uh, you know the big huge setup with the music going da 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 live from Jerusalem da 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 it's Tony Robbins da 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 his special guest da 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 Tony Robbins is Christian Joel Joel Osteen or whatever you know and you know talking about Tony Robbins is self empowerment right he's he's actually kind of closer to Christ's message I think right and but in some of these other and then it's like you have you have these these pastors who say, you know, some of the the, the meanest, cruelest things that you could possibly imagine to some of the about people. some group that doesn't fit in with their right or, or people yeah. with the, sitting within their own pews or on their own chair saying the reason why you live in poverty is because you're not believing in Jesus right. and you, hard and you, enough. And you haven't sent enough money to the five hundred club. Or, exactly. Or you know. So do you do you want to talk a little bit about the history of that? How that distortion got rolling. I don't think um, we really have a choice. I, yeah. I, I, I think we have to. Yeah. So, so where do where do you want to go with that, Eric? Wanna... We've been talk, we've been talking for an hour already, and I'm wondering if whether or not we want to take another break. And you just want some more of that eggnog. I want some more of that eggnog, and uh, and yeah, I want to I want to talk about how and why Christ's uh, message has been perverted, mm-hmm. and how Christ's message of love, peace, understanding. Making sure that, you know, your neighbor and your friend and your brother and sister and the widows are not starving to goes to Joel Osteen and, and uh, uh, Joyce Meyer have these mega mansions at these mega churches. And, and Sounds like a time for you to come in with the Elvis Costello. What's so crazy about peace, love and understanding? I know. All right. If the generosity should seize us But if any one of us should interfere In the business of why there are poor You get the same as the rebel Jesus But pardon me if I have seemed To take the tone of judgment for I've no wish to come between this day and your enjoyment In a life of hardship and of earthly toil There's a need for anything that frees us So I bid you pleasure and I bid you cheer From a heathen and a pagan On the side of the rebel Jesus Jesus. 
While Walt and I refuel for the next segment, we want to remind you, folks, that you can support this podcast easily by shopping at Amazon through any one of our links on our podcast homepage. Just go to the metaphysicalpodcast.com and click on any of the Amazon banners or search tool. We get a small percentage back from Amazon with no added cost to you. Also, if you have something to sell, a service, a special event, or anything you want our audience to know about, drop us a line at metaphysical at thefedorachronicles.com, and we would love to read your ad during the next show. I was wondering why you glowed in the dark, Eric, and now I know. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah. So. All right. So we're getting ready to get back to, to Jesus. Well, we when we when we left off, when we last left, Eric and Walt, uh, we were we we're about ready to talk about uh, how, how did the message of Christ get corrupted, Walt? Well, and that's who a did long it? Long story. Uh, it started with uh, is it the council. Uh, well, no, it didn't start with that. I don't think. What was the council where they... Council threw, of Lycia? Lycia, yeah, where they threw out all the books of the uh, that they didn't like. Yeah. The message in it. <clears throat> like there was a book of Thomas. And the book of Enoch from the Old Testament right, that they right. threw and, out. And it, they at some point they decided... Uh, that was maybe 500 years AD, somewhere yeah. in that area, yeah. I think, when they, when they really started to get rolling with that stuff. I think it, it began with uh, Constantinople adopting Christianity as as the state religion. He saw Rome. a flaming cross right. and he heard right. the words. Right, supposedly, or, or it could have been a UFO. I'm going to try this. Uh, I'm going to try this effect here. Hold on a second here. And he heard the words say, "Conquer, Conquer with, with this symbol." Nice. You like that? I like that, Eric. That's good. That's a little reverb going. A little reverb action. Eric's. Playing with his new soundboard now. Playing with my new toys. Uh, so that's where the power started to come into Christianity. Right. Uh, the power of the state got behind it. And yeah. that was where it was. I think initially it was really Christ's disciples sort of getting his message out. Yeah. And even with that, it, there was probably some distortion with it because it's secondhand. Right. You know? So after a while, it's going to get. Somebody's going to hear their message and then tell yeah. somebody else. And it, it's like the old game of telephone. But, but, but all the beats are the <clears throat> same. Like Jesus did this. Jesus did that. <clears throat> Jesus did this. <clears throat> King Herod did this. Pontius we're Pilate did that. The Bible? Yeah, we're talking about yeah. the, 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 uh, the epistles. And, uh, well, it's because it's a, it's, it's a sort of, it's a message with an intent. So the intention became for Christianity to be a particular mindset yeah which which led to really what i feel is control yeah um, now i i think that the force that was behind this is is what's referred to as the brotherhood they they were um and are the the keepers of the of the keys for the anunnaki they they, they were the ones that were assigned the duty of controlling humanity yeah um, and and they got the somewhere got the bright idea that religion was a good way to do it. Well, and, they're not, you know, <laughs> if it works. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, when you think about it, it's just not me that's telling you not to touch yourself. It's God Himself that's <laughs> right. telling you not right. to touch yourself. So so what the 
what the true intention is, is to, to show a direct connection between God and, and Jesus in, in the fact that there was, there was a, a true divine connection between the two, that he, that in some ways Jesus was God on earth. Right. Uh, and, and that really is a distortion of the actuality, I think, um, of what Jesus was really about. Um, in fact, they, they had to really uh, eliminate a lot of what he said because it, it gave the opposite viewpoint. Yeah. That he was really just a man that happened to have access to this divine knowledge. Because he, for whatever reason, he, he early on figured out that, um, you know, it was something that mankind needed to hear. Uh, for, and, and I think he could probably make a case that that was some kind of divine intervention or something, um, which led him to that. Yeah. That, you know, that, that, that's kind of an alternative viewpoint of it. But it's really not that much different when you think about it. Um, it's just that that's, that that eliminates the the real actual connection between uh, Jesus and God, the the you know the um, direct line. Yeah. Um, which which you know I, I think the popes kind of believe they have that right. Yeah. Well, the 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 popes believe that they have the Holy See S E E where they can see the true intent of of uh, of God and God's wishes and God's judgment and. And, uh, you know, with the Holy See, hey, I'm going to divine this. So do, do they acquire that when they become Pope? Or is that something that they become Pope because they have that? Do, is that a too uh, I, God, I wish, a too you sophisticated know, question? I, I, I wish Doug was here. So because, <clears throat> you know, because Doug's our resident Catholic and he, he, he knows. Maybe he can weigh in on that. Maybe he can weigh on. He corrected know. us about the Virgin Mary. I remember. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, so, you know, at some point the, they decided that, hey, this is a good, this is a pretty good. It's a good racket. Good, good way to get people under control. Um, so what was the council, the Council of Nicaea? The council of Lycia. Where, Lycia, Lycia, where they started yeah. editing all of these books and, and channeling it down and channeling, really honing down the image of, of whittling, Jesus. Whittling it down right, to, to a manageable to, tone. To, to get it to where they wanted it right. to be. Right. Um, one one thing that got thrown out that was a, a huge part of Christ's message was reincarnation. Yeah, uh, yeah, you've mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah. and and you think about that, and I, I've said that to a couple of friends of mine who were who were heavily Christian, and they, I mean, when you bring reincarnation up, they oh, they, they start look, to oh, vibrate. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, they start to vibrate. Like, no, that's that's he, you know, that that's it's like pagan, paganism or something, yeah. you know. Uh, when Christ was actually, he, he actually believed that, you know, that that was, you know, there were more than one, there was a series of steps that you, you know, that your spirit had well, to go through well, to, to get you know, to let's, the place let's, where it needed to don't be. Con, don't confuse people with facts. Well, that's true. Just, uh, that's true. But, you know, and I get it. That's part of their belief system. And, sure. and that's okay. I, I Sure. I, I don't have any argument with that if that's, yeah. if that is what they need to believe. I, you know, I don't happen to believe that. Um, so I'm not going to buy into what their rhetoric is, and just right. as much as they're not going to bind what what they see my rhetoric is. So, I mean, there's a lot that's of okay. There's a lot no, of thi- no there's there's a lot of things in the Bible that I really have a hard time dealing with. Whereas, like the treatment of women as property, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's just a product of the times. Well, and that, and that's got again, that's morphed. Um, you know, Mary Magdalene was a 
She, I mean, she, she, was, she was a high in the hierarchy of Jesus's. She was uh, essentially group. the only female disciple, and I've talked about this before. And I've done some studying on Mary Magdalene, just as you had said in in, in the second segment. Whereas there was there were a lot of men running around called called Jesus, mm-hmm. or Jesus of Nazareth, or or, or, or just Jesus. One, there just Jesus. Name, There's yeah. just one Jesus of Nazareth that we know of. Well, we know. And the thing is, is that you know the 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 story of Mary Magdalene. Is like every time that there's a woman called Mary who's not Jesus's mother, they can they just assume that it's the same Mary, you know. And it was just like, no, all Mary was was a woman who was possessed by demons. Jesus had said, "Be gone with you, get the get the get the flock out of here," and she became a follower of Jesus. She was the only female apostle. But a lot of people attribute Mary as being, you know, Mary the whore, Mary the well, that's the, what the that's what's been put on her by right. By this but it's mindset. wrong. But it's wrong. Yeah, and it diminishes the divine feminine, which she she was a high right. level. Uh, she was really a priestess. Yeah, I mean, she was studied, and and Jesus, I think, schooled her, or, or she went to some mystery schools yeah. or something. She was a high level disciple yeah. of his. She and some thinking is that she had, they were actually married. It drives, she was his wife, you know, it, which, it, which again puts, diminishes the, there you go again, they're diminishing the divinity of, of Jesus by saying, oh no, he couldn't have been married if he, you know, if he, if he was divine, um, of divine origin, he wouldn't have needed to be married. And, and that's where the whole thing about priests being celibate and stuff comes from, I think, you know. Well, I mean. That's, that's the, that's the intention of it well i mean for me i mean whatever gets you through the night that's that's your business yeah, I, I agree. that's between I you agree. you your mate and your god whatever if but, that's what you need then that's what you, you need, know you but know. i mean the, the thing is is that you know the way religion tries to control every aspect of people's lives like the thing is is that there there are there's a passage that people like to toss about whereas it's like you can't you can't get married to a divorced woman for whatever reason. If you have kids with a divorced woman, then that means that those those children are bastards. Yeah, who says? Well, it says, well, who it, says? it says so in the Bible, Walt. But then the thing is... Okay, that okay. doesn't mean I have to believe it. That and, and, doesn't mean it's a divine message right. necessarily. I mean, I understand that people... There, there are people who take the Bible literally that is a message yeah. directly from God that he told somebody sure. who wrote this down. Okay, I get that. Okay. You know, if that's what you need to believe, go so, for it. So the thing is, is that, but the, <clears throat> and then they and then they bring up this this thing about what you know, God, you know, men should not lay with other men as they do with women, and 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 yada yada yada. And then you have these people at the like at the at the church where Carol and I used to belong to. There were these people who were adamant against gay people. Yeah, every, anything. It well, doesn't even just gays. It's it's but I'm just anybody using that doesn't as an fit example. their their mold. I, but the thing mm. is, these are the same people who are have been divorced, got remarried, and had other kids. And you point out, okay, it's, it's hypocritical. Exactly. Oh, but that. Oh, but 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 Jesus. And, I've been forgiven. And they say this in can in That's a good one. I, I've been say, forgiven. I have been I, I have been forgiven by the grace of God right. through the blood that was shed for me on the on the cross at Calvary, and they say these things like they're incantation, like like well, a hair, like a spell out of they Harry are. Potter. They are. Um, but getting back to, um, I, I just wanted to dwell a little bit more on on reincarnation and what, why that yeah. was taken out because I think it speaks to a larger point. Um, you know, if if you, Christ was saying that you have more than one lifetime to get it right. That's yeah. really what reincarnation comes down to. Right. So this new form of Christianity is saying, no, no, you, you only have one chance. 
Yeah. So you better listen to us because you better get it right this time around, yeah. or you're, you know, you're doomed to everlasting, right? Whatever, you know, which I think is nonsense too. But, um, but that's just another example of how Christ's teachings were distorted yeah. to, to to get to a certain point of view to to make maximum control possibility to get to of, where you need to go with these. Right. You need to direct these people and saying. Right. You can suffer all you want here in this life, but don't worry. There's a reward waiting for you beyond the pearly gates. We're going to enslave the hell out of you, and we're going to make you build these beautiful castles and churches in the name of the, you know, the 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 king or the duke or whatever, and 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 you're going to live a horrible life here on earth. The glory of God, but don't worry. You got a reward waiting for you. And and the people have to give their what is it called? Their tithes. Tithes. Yeah. You know. So that they, ba- you know, basically have just barely enough food to eat, and then you have these huge grand places of worship. This you know, is, that, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, that doesn't make much sense. To here's me. what drives me crazy. Whereas you have these pastors, and one pastor in particular, who will g- get up on the stage, as it were, and give you a lecture. You're a member of this church, and you're not tithing enough. You're not tithing no, enough, and yeah, it says they try to get you to believe. And and the thing is, is that you have people who are like living in filth. They're living in poverty. You know, there was this one person in particular who was trying to give ten percent. This person was, you know, had had hot and cold running sewage coming out of their pipes. Where's the church to help this person out? Well, and and it it speaks to uh, what's the true message here? You know, is is the true message? Uh, that that people need to work on their their spiritual um, essence. There's yeah. you know by by trying to be the best person they can be and living the best life they can live. And that's not always easy. You know, there's always temptations. There's always you know humanness gets in the way of that. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's really what the true for my money. That's really what the true message yeah. of of religion should be is trying to get people to raise themselves up, not by threatening them and not by Telling them that, um, you know, if they don't do this, this, and this, or give this much money, they're gonna, yeah. they're not gonna get to where they want to be, which is the, you know, heaven or, or whatever heaven happens. And the, to but be that's what's that killing particular. the church now, Walt. Well, that. yeah, because it's not working anymore. Yeah, it's not working anymore. People are starting to, like, not buy into that. Well, because the thing is, is like, it, is some people can get away with anything because they tie the hell of a lot of money to the church. They can go and they can sleep around and they could go to strip clubs and and it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. whoa, oh boy they have this a huge endowment for the church right. and all of their sins have been forgiven through the power of the power of the blood of Christ that was mm-hmm. shed for them on Calvary and, and and but you have the other other people who they can't get married in their own church because they were shacking with their fiance for 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 six weeks before they got married. Yeah. They can't get away with that because they're they're not pledging huge amounts of money mm-hmm. to the church so that the pastor can go on a week long retreat of in you know, in, the, in the Caskills or something like that. Yeah. And it was just like you know it's gotten very. Uh, Getting to the point, it's it's getting very far away from what Christ actually intended his message to yeah. be. It's if it's even anything close to you know his his message. You know, like you were talking about the the parables that we think of. You know, yeah. his message, and I think I think a lot of those do really encapsulate his message in a very simple way. Yeah, know? do unto others as you know what you would have them do to you. That's you know I used to use that with kids. 
Yeah. When I when I worked with kids in terms of their behavior, you know, they'd come and they would have done something to somebody, you know. Sure. And I'd say to them, well, think about this. Would you would you like somebody to have done that to you? And yeah. Inevitably, they say, well, no. Yeah. So then why did you do it to them? You know, and it's it's really a very basic but strong and powerful message when you embrace it. You know, if you if you really put it into practice, that those are the things about Christ's message that really resonate. Yeah. Not all the nonsense that's been put in, in yeah. post-mortem of, of what he was or wasn't. You know, I I'm not sure that he didn't um escape the whole thing. Um I, I know that the crucifixion is another big piece of the puzzle, but um because it's got a lot of, you know, a lot of rep- representative idea behind it. Sure, I guess. sure, of course. Uh, but there's some thinking that he, I mean, Christ knew what was coming. Yeah. Um, he, he ticked off the, the uh, Essenes, and, and I think that they kind of set him up with the Romans. Yeah. And I'm not sure the Romans even really, I think they were sort of reluctant about dealing with the whole thing. Pontius Pilate yeah. and, the, and the washing of washing his hands. Washing of his hands, yeah. I, I think yeah. he kind of knew that he was uh, messing with something that was larger than, yeah. than himself. Yeah. You know? uh, so historically, there's some thinking that, that Christ um, actually wasn't crucified, that he... He actually went into hiding and, and and went into seclusion and was never heard from again. Um, there's there's stories about him showing up in um, North America, appearing to the Indians, yeah. and um, in in Celtic lore, there's there's stories about a, yeah. a similar figure. Um, you know, and and you have to wonder if he didn't have some kind of metaphysical quality. Some some people have said that he had the ability to shape shift. Yeah, I, that's actually a link in our show notes. In the th- but a lot of people cling to the notion that Jesus did die on the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he was well, put, yeah. he was yeah. put in a tomb for you know, you know, three days, two and a half days, whichever it is. Like, when does Easter fall on? Because you have Good Friday, but he was resurrected on I think it Sunday. Was three days. Because it was three days. Three I know in. that's where three comes in. Yeah. But we celebrate Easter on Sunday instead of Monday because, well, I mean, you know. It, it, it makes for a long weekend, and people have to go to work and pay taxes right. and their tithes. And you have, and how would you have Easter Sunday? Exactly. So, but but I mean, uh, the, you know, the entire the the entire notion of, uh, you know, you have the crucifixion, and the whole notion of, is that, you know, as part of the prophecy, you know, he had to be sacrificed for our sins to make atonement mm-hmm. for, you know, for God. Well, there you that. go. That fits in with the whole, right. the whole lineage. And, and all of these other visitations that occurred mm-hmm. by Jesus after the crucifixion is really sort of important because he is seen as a being of light in these other cultures after the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Like if these other legends are to be believed. But is, is that symbolic or is that, a, is, is that, is that actually a physical Reality. Well, since I wasn't there, I, I could only. Well, I know tell you. I'm, that's a, that's a, you know that's right. a, that's a rhetorical question, right. obviously. But um, you know that brings up the question: as you know, did he achieve what he was um, saying that everybody could achieve? You know, yeah. did, did he did he reach a high level, high the highest level of consciousness? Um, the um, like William Henry calls it the rainbow light body. Right, you know, where you where your your spiritual energy has um, 
acquired such a level of yeah. resonance yeah. or vibration or, or however you want to look at it um, in terms of, you know, the actual physics behind it. But um, it, it's funny where physics and science kind of merge with spirituality in, those, yeah. in that area. There's like an interface there. You know, and it, and it brings in the whole idea of yoga and the kundalini energy and yeah. and those kinds of things and, and the chakras, you know, coming up. And, 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 yeah, and, and, we're de- and we're dealing with, and when you're talking about spiritual energy and stuff like that, that it talks about in all these religions, it sort of makes you stop and wonder, how is it that all of these religions have sort of like the same thoughts, the same patterns, the same beats in the story? Because well, it's all the same story. Right? It's all the same story, just taught you know through different lenses and different whatnot. viewpoints. Yeah, but but that you know that really goes back to him to Jesus touring around and gleaning um, the message from all these different religions yeah. and and kind of homogenizing it or just not homogenizing distilling it down to his message. Yeah, which is the I think the true message of of humanity. Yeah, of, of where we should be going where we should be working what we should be working f- toward and we're not because I, I i keep seeing this message this meme on on facebook and other social media outlets whereas it's just like you have these mega mega churches these mega stadium churches mm-hmm. pastors living in mansions and yet there's still poverty you know, oh, yeah, in the neighborhoods, doesn't that, make sense at all. Those people should be ministering if they if they truly want to put the word of Christ into action. They should be ministering to people that are lowly, people that are homeless, people that are, uh, you know, suffering in in some shape yeah. or form from hunger or drug abuse or, or or whatever it is that's keeping their their spiritual energy down at it, and and that they're vibrating at a lower level. You know. Um, you know, I've said this before, like, I, you know, I'll go into a store and I'll see people that are just, you know, they're just vibrating at a lower level. They're buying, you know, cases of Budweiser and cartons of cigarettes. And, no. you know, they, they, they just don't have any sense of their higher being, their higher, no. their higher purpose or their higher, you know, they're, they're so locked into that realm of temporalness and, and just fulfilling their basic needs, you know, having a few beers and having some cigarettes and, and who knows what else they do. I don't know, but, um, you know, they're, they're locked into that. that. Those are the people that need to be ministered yeah, to. Yeah, and plugged into cable television <clears throat> and watching trash TV and stuff whatever. like that. Yeah, and, whatever they do. But they're they filling their minds mm-hmm. with, like, like it, it, it's like if you watch nothing but Jerry Springer, and I use Jerry Springer, I don't even uh, know if Jerry Springer absurd. is. Absurd. That's okay? absurd, yeah. And That's the, the is, lowest form of... You can't even call that entertainment. But, but you get the notion. If you watch nothing but Jerry Trash Springer, you, th- you, th- you think that that's normal. If you watch soap operas, you think that's normal. Well, I, I think putting another spin on it, I think some people watch that because they look at those people on there, and that's made up. You know, it's it's nonsense. Those aren't even no. those aren't even think real people. No. I mean, they're real people, but they're they're making the scenario up. Right. They watch that and they say, "Oh my God, look at them! I'm I'm in such a better place than right. they are." You know, that elevates them somehow. And that's, 
That's sad. But then you also have these other people who are like watching this trash TV and they say, they see this, this stud sitting on the stage and it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, it's like in the afternoon I was in bed with my wife's sister and then at yeah, night I, I went, mean, come on. and then you yeah, had these people like, who had this sick idea thinking, oh, that's normal. So yeah. I can do that. Yeah. That's a good thing. I'll, I'll try to do that. I'm going to try and guys, do that. Guys, he's, look, look at him, you know? That's, yeah. It's like a reverse role model. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible what our... Um, what, what passes as entertainment has degenerated oh, it's awful. into into just it's pure awful. horrible trash theater. I think is a good term for it. You know, and you look at these people. It's like who, the lowest denominator you can think of. I mean, you, you know? look at you look at these celebrities, whether they're athletes or they're actors or just reality stars, and they get away with some of the worst behavior you can possibly imagine. Like the big thing with like Rob Kardashian, who knocked up his girlfriend Black China. And now they're now and they have a baby together. Is that her name? Yeah, <laughs> is that really her name. And the thing is, is that I mean, and, and their kid is like not even like like two months old, and they already broke up. Yeah, that's it. It's it's, it's the same old stuff. It's, Fucking it. It's it's just um, it, it's dragging people down. It's keeping them enslaved, basically, is what. It, and that's the intention. That's the brotherhood intention, is to keep everybody yeah. at you know a lower lower vibrational level. Yeah. And um, anybody that attempts to um, make changes in that yeah. gets gets taken out, generally. You know, somebody like John Lennon. John or... Uh, who, who was, you know, had his own issues. But he was attempting to raise the consciousness of the, of the human condition. Um, yeah. And, and he had the celebrity to do it. You know, he, yeah. he was famous enough to do it. Oddly enough, do you remember? The, you probably don't remember it, but he... Said that the Beatles were more famous than Jesus, right? And I mean, I remember got, hearing about that. They got a that, huge, but huge backlash from that. Yeah, people were burning their, burning their albums and stuff. But that's like not that. what he did not. He did not say, "Hey, everybody." No, he was bigger. saying it facetiously. He was. Yeah. He was trying to say that. Come on, we're a pop group here. Exactly. You know, we're now in people a lot of people's minds more important than than Jesus, and yeah. and he was pointing out the absurdity of that. Uh, and people totally didn't get what he was well, saying. It's, it's, he was, it, they, they were they were thinking he was saying it out of hubris. It's like it, those. It it's like those people who take biblical passages, and they will only read off the first part where they say, like, when it's time to re- pay your taxes, these people will say, "Well, you have to render unto Caesar that that is Caesar's." And like that's that's but that's their approach. Right. But they forget the other half is. Well, that's what Jesus Jesus uh, said that. And then, but the other part of that, though, Walt, the other part of that is render unto God what's God's. Mm -hmm. Whereas you pay your taxes, but you also got to, you know, give give God give God his due, in so much as hey, do the good things that God tells you to do. Like don't don't screw your neighbor's wife. You know. Well, he's also saying that. Caesar is a is a human is a, right. a material person. Right. God is a is a religious. Right. Um, whatever, whatever you view God as, it doesn't really right. matter. It's it's a it's the other side of the coin, you know. So you have to do that part of your life, but you also have to, you know, take into consideration. There's always a spiritual yeah. ramification from things. Yeah. You know, and and there always is. You know, and and humans are essentially. Um, kind of a weak race, I think, in a lot of ways. You know, give, we give in easily to temptation, and yeah. to, you know, and even Christ was apparently was tempted by 
you know, if you believe, well, being tempted forty days in the desert. Yeah, if you believe you know. that is that is that biblical? I guess that's yeah, biblical. It's, right? it, yeah, I mean, it's right there in the Bible. There's a movie, the whole Temptation of Christ, which is yeah. Kind of an interesting viewpoint. Um, Whereas, like, well, Christ was dying on the cross. He was mm -hmm. fantasizing about what his life would have been like if he wasn't the Messiah. Apparently, um, I was listening to William Henry. He was saying that um, Mel Gibson has a new movie coming out about Christ. Yeah. That he's making. Uh, which, which makes, you know, Henry wasn't sure what his message or intent was going to be. Because right. Mel Gibson's kind of out there. Yeah. Um, with some of his viewpoints, I think, and, he, yeah. and he, I hope, hopefully he stopped. The passion drinking. of the Christ. Hopefully he stopped drinking so much, but yeah, um, I think that distorts his viewpoint a little bit. Yeah, or, or his opinions, maybe. Um, I, I think that it, it, one of the, I mean, so many of the things that we are dealing with, so many of the things that we're dealing with here is all because, and this gets back to the rise of the Fourth Reich and the deep state, um, and all of this is that. You know, we have become a race that is enslaved by earthly pleasures and earthly mm -hmm. needs and wants and desires. Right. And, right. and the thing is, is that, I mean, and, we're, and right now we're getting into the spirit of Christmas mm -hmm. where we're getting into the time of Christmas. And the thing is, is that, I mean, it's awful when you go and see people like shopping for things for Christmas. And the thing is, is that, and the kids are, are just besides themselves. I want, I want, I want. Yeah, it's, it's all me, me, me. Yeah. I what, want. what can you get me? What can you, yeah, I want that. I want that. You know, and it's, yeah, and, the it, point. And, it, and it's really missing the whole point. You know, yeah. you know, I have to think that if Christ, you know, reincarnated today, and saw what Christmas was, he'd, he'd be mortified. I mean, oh, sure. It totally was not, not his intention to have yeah. some kind of celebration. I mean, I don't think he would have even been okay with a celebration. I, I don't think he was about that. I think he was a very... He, he, he saw the spiritual strength in humbleness. Yeah. You know, he, he was a humble person. I don't think he owned much. I think he... He, he did not immerse himself in that. I mean, what, what was one of the things he did? He went into the temple and he overturned the... He flipped the, over the, the tables of the, the money changers. The, the money changers. You know? And that was a message. And he chased people yeah. out of the church with a whip, so... Oh, he did? Oh, oh did. yeah. He, he went Indiana Jones on him. Oh, yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. Was, you think he was wearing a fedora? I'm or? pretty sure he was. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm sure. sure. they were invented. You realize that I'm probably going to smoke a <clears throat> goose turd in hell for, for, for saying that Jesus Why? wore a fedora. Why? I don't it's, know. It's, it's, it's funny. It is... It's the whole thing is not, um, it, it's the connotation that you put on things, yeah. you know, and I'm not disparaging anybody's viewpoint of religion or whatever, whatever you need to, to believe yeah. to make you, if it makes you a higher, more evolved person, then that's cool with me. You know, if it drags you down and, and lowers your spiritual intention by making you feel guilty or, yeah. or or whatever the control mechanism is, then it's not serving a good purpose as far as I'm concerned. I have a real um, serious problem with people who willingly submit to a, a religious authority and they don't bother to read the Bible for themselves. They are only going by what the pastor or the, or the rabbi or, or the, the priest or whoever says mm -hmm. what's in the Bible. Right. Like if I was going to, let's just introduce Scientology here for a reason. And, it's a, and it is a known fact. It is out there. L. Ron Hubbard himself said 
religion is a racket and I'll show you. And he created a religion. Created his own racket. Created his own racket called yeah. Scientology. Mm -hmm. and, and, and famous idiots with a lot of too much money on their hands pour money into Scientology for auditing. There's Isn't a, there an alien viewpoint to that? There's an, oh, yeah. There's a huge point. And L. Ron Hubbard made this bullshit up. I'm We're sorry. Do it's a show on it's bullshit. Sometime. Yeah. He was an interesting character. Actually. Yeah. There's a great book called Going Clear, which talks about... You know, the origins of Scientology and how L. Ron Hubbard laughed his way all the way to the bank. Well, I'm sure he did. Yeah. And there was a there's a great interview with uh, um, one of my favorite writers, Harlan Ellison, talking about mm -hmm. when, you know, they were all hanging around together after like, you know, uh, the the. Um, the World Science Fiction Convention, and Isaac Asimov was there, and Robert Heinlein was there, and uh, L. Ron Hubbard was there, and Harlan Ellison, and they were all talking about their, their, their all the projects that they would love to be able to do. And, and uh, L. Ron Hubbard said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I got a get-rich-quick scheme, and it starts with, like, my own religion. I've, I've got this book, Scientology, mm -hmm. written. And everybody around the, the, everybody, like, thought he was like, you know, what are you, that's a, that's a great joke. That's funny as hell. And now look at it, and you have this, and you have these people who, um, I have some burnt toast that looks like the Virgin Mary. No, that's just just absurd. And people will just flock absurd. to my house to look at. That's the, a distortion of the of the whole concept. Really, you know, I one one of Jim Morrison. I have to always bring my Jim, my friend always. Jim. In. One of his one of I think one of his best lines is, um, "Let's let's plan a murder or start a religion." Yeah. I mean that kind of says it all. <laughs> it does. I mean, it's, he, he was he was onto something. But you know, get, getting back to organized religion, I guess um, if if it works for you, you know, if if you go to your Catholic church or your Baptist church or wherever you go, I'm not singling any particular ones out, but or, or whatever your particular um, thing is that you want right. to gravitate to, and you know, you you are in the midst of some kind of a, mater a material circumstance, yeah. you know, where say, you know, you're, you, you're thinking about maybe cheating somebody or doing something that's unjust and your religion kicks in and something that you gleaned in the service or whatever, whatever, whatever you got out of the, the message that you heard in church and it prevents you from doing that then I think the religion has served its purpose. Exactly. If, if, that, yeah. if that keeps you from not sinking to, to a level that you shouldn't yeah. go to, you know. And if you, I mean, I, I probably said this before, but my father owned, uh, my father had a friend that owned a little mom and pop store across yeah. from the Catholic yeah. church in town. And he said people would come out of church and shoplift from, you know, come right out of the church. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, and shoplift from this guy. And this guy was... You know, it was a little tiny mom and pop store that just what a bunch sold, of bastards. you know, sandwiches and stuff. And, and the guy was, you know, he was living on a shoestring. He was making a living. But, you know, I mean, really? Did you did you maybe miss something across the street there, you know, in, in that whole, whole thing? And, and well, no, because the thing is, is that mm. uh, all of my sins are forgiven, but none, but yours aren't because <laughs> well, you don't only, belong only to the wrong. Only if you embrace the same mindset. Exactly. Do, you know? And that's another thing is that saying that, your um, thinking pattern or your belief system is the only one that is valid, is totally invalid to me. You know, that's like saying that what I believe is, is nonsense because it doesn't fit in with what I believe. Well, that's not true. I, you know, I don't think Christ would have ascribed to that. 
You know, if you could have a conversation with Christ and, and said, well, you know, Christ, this is what I believe. It's not exactly what you're saying, but it's getting to the same place. It's getting to right. the same point. Yeah. I, w- I would think that that would bring a smile to his face because I think that's really what he was saying was you get you need to get to where you need to go, however you need to do it. Without screwing other people along the way. Right. And de- and demonizing other other you know, forms yeah. of, of worship or, yeah. or, or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So I think that's really the true message. Um, yeah. Well, that's really what the Christ consciousness. Well, is. Let, let's, let's shift gears here because uh, I, I, it, I'm sad um, because we're, I, I don't think we're going to be, are we going to do another show this coming Thursday? Well, we have, uh, we have some time left. I think we could probably morph into, we want to talk about um, about holidays. Well, you the know, origins of Christmas, winter, I mean. winter solstice holidays, yeah. and one yeah. of the things that I have discovered in in my re- research for this is that all the major holidays throughout the world have a major holiday around the winter solstice, or they their major holiday is the winter solstice. Right. And the thing is, is that what is it about the solstice that is so important? Well, it, it goes back to, um, really goes back to paganism, mm-hmm. pagan, pagan beliefs, which some, some people, you bring paganism up and they, they start to vibrate. Uh, on, a, on a lower level. Do you think we covered Jesus enough? Or? I think we covered Jesus too much. I think Jesus is happy that we... <laughs> too much? The ba- I think the baby Jesus is like, okay, guys, okay, all right. He's, it's time to change his swallowing. Can you hear us? Yeah. yeah. Merchant's windows are all bright with the faces of the children. I'm enjoying it. And the families who into their homes as the sky darkens and freezes. We'll be gathering around their hearths and tables, giving thanks for God's graces. And the birth of the rebel Jesus Oh, they call him by the Prince of Peace And they call him by the Savior And they pray to him upon the seas And in every bold endeavor And they fill his churches with their pride and gold this As their fits exactly with what we were talking about. Yeah. But they've turned the nature that I worship in from a temple. So it's the, that this is the song then. In the words of the rebel Jesus. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to wrap the, the whole segment up on, uh, I guess, who or what is Jesus was. Yeah. Uh, by by um, a song that that I think really sums up the whole idea for me anyway, and it's a song that Jackson Brown did with the Chieftains, and it's called "The Rebel Jesus," because uh, I, I really do think that Jesus was a rebel. He he was he was rebelling against the staid thinking of the times, and and I think he was calling on everybody to um, to be a rebel in their own way. I think. And Jackson, I think, who's one of my favorite songwriters, captured that perfectly. Cap- captured the essence of of that whole idea. I think so. Eric's going to play that for us as to yeah yeah to lead into the next segment. 
Absolutely. So Jesus was a rebel. He was. Yeah. He was. I think so. Yeah. That's why he. Um, why he got to where he got to. Yeah. That doesn't rebels don't always. Um, yeah. Farewell. Yeah. In, in culture. Not always. Just like John Lennon. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing, different era. Or or even JFK to a large extent. Yeah. Martin Luther King. Yeah. All, uh, all, all of those people were were rebels in their own way. Yeah. So. So the, our, our technical wizard, Eric, is going to give that to us through the magic of the internet. Through the magic of PV. Right. So, so, so really listen to the lyrics and, yeah. and, and think about it. So one of the things I wanted to bring up with you is I want to talk about Christmas traditions and okay. how pagan traditions have found their way into the Christmas holiday season. Because, I, I, you know, I don't know how to say this, but the thing is, is that it's like I've done a lot of reading of the Bible and nowhere does it say anything about jingle bells. But if V. Walt Schnabel says that I got I to gotta play the jingle bells for this holiday, I'd be doing myself in this podcast a disservice if I didn't play the hell out of these jingle bells. Yeah, actual, actual jingle bells or, <laughs> or the song? <laughs> a little, little takeoff on. I got to have more cowbell. So instead of cowbell, jingle uh, bell. Okay, I get you. So I was kind of hoping you'd do your best Christopher Walken saying, guess what? I got a fever and the only prescription is more jingle bell. I, I don't have a Christopher Walken. Oh, okay. Depressions are not my, my forte. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, because you look at it and it's like nowhere in the Bible does it say that you have to go out to the woods, cut down a tree, <laughs> bring it into your well, house and adorn it. Number one, Christmas is never mentioned in the Bible. Not one time. Right. So it <laughs> should tell you something. Yeah, that it's that's sort of something that's morphed into right into something that it wasn't originally intended to be. Well, scholars have a hard time trying to nail down when the birth of Christ was in whatever time of the year. Well, yeah, and there's been a lot. Oddly enough, there's been a lot of research around that. I, mean, and it's, I don't it's, doubt it. It's pretty clear that December 25th was not Jesus's birthday. Yeah, it was not the birth of Christ. Um, it's the date that we celebrate it. Sure. And, and that's okay. I yeah. Mean, I, don't, I don't have a problem with like picking a date and saying, okay, we're going to celebrate right. it then. Um, however, if you want to take it literally, I mean, a lot of the descriptions and stuff of uh, Jesus' birth indicate that it was probably late spring because of the, uh, you know, the cattle being out in the field. At a, in, the, in December, they probably would not have been out in the field when there was frost and Stuff like that. So I doubt there, it. There's a I, lot I doubt of, it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of scholarly energy has been put into actually determining that, which to me is, eh. Hey, whatever. I don't care really too much. But hey, it that's is what they want to do. That's what they want to do. It, it, it they is have what to it justify is. Justify their, uh, you know, their stipend. No, I think it's an interesting question. It is. It is. I think it's but interesting. It doesn't really. End of the day, it doesn't really impact things too much. When, but, but. I think maybe the bigger point is that it's the, the holiday of Christmas has sort of uh, kidnapped the pagan uh, festival. Co-opted. Of, of, and borrowed. <clears throat> borrowed, okay. That's a, a lighter word than kidnapped, yeah. I guess. Uh, but but the, 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 fe the pagan festival was for um, – the turn of the season, the, right. the turn of from, winter solstice. From winter solstice, yeah, from the end from of the fall long days. To winter, the, right. the end of the long days. Right. 
because but it, but it's but it was also an indication of the sun um which goes back to sun worship yeah which was the basis for most early religions pagan sure. religions uh it was when the sun was sort of being reborn yeah so that kind of you know when you think about that it kind of ties in nicely with the uh with the rebirth of it's perfect of christ it's know, perfect if, if you want to buy into that but yeah which i do yeah i mean I, you know, I, I think you, sometimes you have to separate reality from mythology in some senses. And the mythology is a way of explaining something. Yeah, it sure is. Um, as long as that's not hijacked right. into making it mean something to get something else accomplished. Right. You know what I mean? There's a, and there's a fine line between well, those I mean, two things. The, the entire notion is that uh, there have always been holidays that are celebrated around this time of year, the winter mm -hmm. solstice. The winter solstice is a huge, big deal for a lot of the major religions. Mm -hmm. it, it, and it, and it is what it is. Right. And the, it, the, you look at the church and the church was seeing how, Hey, all of these other major holidays, all these other major religions have a holiday around this time. And and if you, you can, you know, the Catholic Church says, don't celebrate these pagan holidays. This is these are pagan holidays. We, we we're Christians. We're above this. And somebody had said to the church saying, you know, wow, we, we really like Yule. We really like the Yule celebrations. We really like, is there any way that we could? Somebody came up with the idea saying, you know what, let's celebrate the birth of Christ. I can't think of anything else we can celebrate. Mm -hmm. We don't even know when Christ was really born, what time of year he was. Was he a spring baby? Was he a summer baby? An autumn baby, maybe? Winter baby? Who knows? Let's just celebrate the birth of Christ in the midst of all these and sort of like pull in all of these, like we'll just, the, with the we'll wreaths. Sign it to this, yeah, to this holiday, which, and, which already existed anyway. Sure. So they, they did sort of hijack it. Right. In some ways. They just slapped a, a I don't a know Christian what the intention was behind it. Whether it was some, you know, do, do you think, um, I think it was a, it was a, Conspiracy by the merchants at the of the day to to drum up business for oh what, oh, what the pagan holidays yeah no they're, they're assigning that date to to Christmas to to kind of make a holiday they, they was, Christmas was created no no I mean Christmas was always here I mean not Christmas was always here holidays no, were the, the always celebration here. of Christmas was not always here no no that's what I mean I yeah. mean it was like the celebration of of something. There was always a holiday here around this around time, time of, around this time of actually, year. Actually, there was there was a big pagan festival. Yeah, um, that happened during on you know during around that time. Yeah, and it was actually quite an affair. It was it got quite um, a lot of drinking and a lot of um, lewd behavior and those kinds of things. So, so Christmas, which is supposed to be a holy holiday, right? Holy in quotes, I guess. Um, actually started out as a, a, a lewd pagan festival. Yeah. Lewd, drunken pagan festival. Yeah. It was an excuse for people to, you know, to, to let it all out, I guess. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's cold. So it's kind of it's funny winter. that it morphed into a religious holiday of, of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. And, although but, there's some question about that, I guess. Well, I mean, you look at everything associated with, with Christmas, the images that we have of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's like, like, let's just take Santa Claus, for example. Originally, there was this guy named St. Nicholas, and he used this occasion, this pagan part of the year, to give to the needy. Um, 
in this time of year and, and, the, and giving gifts in the name of St. Nicholas morphed into Santa Claus, into mm-hmm. a pagan guy who runs around in a magic sleigh pulled by a tiny reindeer that can fly. And that's kind of like... Or the, that's that's yeah that's that's what, a really a modern invention. I mean, yeah. I, actually, he started Santa Claus. Actually, started out as a dark figure, um, taking that, taking bad kids away, kind of kind of Grinch Grinchy type figure, yeah. like like heavily Grinchy. Um, yeah, like the the, the uh, yeah the tradition of him coming down the chimney. Yeah, came from um, the thought that he would appear in your fireplace. Ah, um, and and he was and he was all hairy. Yeah, it was like that's where the that's where the beard uh, and stuff. I'm came trying from. to think. There's another another character, not Knuckles, I, but I think uh, it's Norse. I think this was a Norse legend. Are we talking about Krampus? No, no, I didn't. See, I didn't come across really because Krampus is supposed to be the anti Santa Claus, where he takes bad kids or Knuckles. The there's a, oh yeah, there was a there was a um, there was like an anti Santa right too, but um, goes by many different names. This is interesting. If you take Santa, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you rearrange the letters. Satan? Satan. Satan is claws. Satan, Satan getting his claws, claws into you. Satan. Watch normal. Give me some, some milk and cookies. cookies. I'll, I'll leave you some presents. presents. I'll leave you some hookers. <laughs> and maybe some dirty magazines. And maybe a new microphone. So. <laughs> You know, you kind of kind of have to think that maybe he had some some dubious origins. You know, uh, I, you know, obviously he's morphed into like this kind, jolly old elf you know, that little kids go to the mall and sit, sit on, on his lap, lap and cry. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the Christmas story, which which we watch like yeah. on a loop on Christmas Day. Always, oh sure. Uh, is when the kids go to the, to the yeah. department store and Santa's like kind of like a deviant and yeah, I can't can't wait to get out. It's not as bad as bad Santa, but. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it's pretty bad. Like, ho, ho, ho. You know? Yeah. And they kick the, kick the kids down that chute. And yeah. The elves, elves are there to sort of facilitate the process. Yeah. yeah. Nasty elves. It's it's funny. This is where I'm going to insert that on the audio from that scene right here. No, no, I want an official red under cover. I should do it my leg rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Okay. So. The ho, ho, ho. Yeah. So. That's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah. And the whole thing about, you know, St. Nicholas living on the North Pole. He sees. Where did that come from? I don't know what the origin of that was. He sees, you know. Well, you look at North, you know, there's, there's a great website out there that explains how Santa Claus is really Satan. And part of the thing is, is like he lives above everybody on the North Pole. Like God lives in heaven above us, wears a red suit. Oh, so that gives him like an upper yeah. station. Yeah. Sort of. and, and he wins your favor with greed, tapping no, into true. your greed. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, so, and he, and you know, he like, he wants to be like God. So he sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake he knows if you've been bad or good. So? 
be good for goodness sake. Oh, 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 oh. Eric's really enjoying his reverb. <laughs> really enjoying it. Getting a lot of mileage out <laughs> of that. Is, he is. But I mean, everything, everything is associated with like light. Like the thing is, is like the Christmas lights that I have on our Christmas obelisk here mm-hmm. in my office. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like that's it. the first. That's the first Christmas decoration Carol and I put together. Well, actually, all of the things that we kind of associate with Christmas have pagan origins. Yeah, the tree. Sure. The tree, uh, we talked about in the previous segment with Jim. The tree, the pine tree, is a symbol of the evergreen of everlasting life. Yeah, because you know, it's green all the time until the needles fall until out. Until it dies after yeah. New Year's. Until you cut it down and put it in your superheated living room. <laughs> and it says, oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, I, no. know, I know my, I'm in a bucket of water, but I think I'm really dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, you should see the bottom of my tree, Walt. Why? You should just see the bottom of my tree when we're done. Okay. All right. Um, so it's better than seeing your bottom. I know that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've been, uh, I, oh, I know. I know. Uh, I no, know. I, I would bet on that. I've lost. Hey, listen, I've lost twenty-five pounds. So yeah, that's okay. Doing a I'll lot pass. of exercise. Are you sure? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, and, and and like the Yule log. The Yule log was a was yeah. a pagan celebration. Of, sure. Like a, I think it was like a harvest celebration or something. Of course, they would get this. Big, biggest log they could find and light it for yeah to celebrate the you know the yeah the new year or something you know yeah so that was a that was a Scandinavian a, a lot of the traditions come from Scandinavia actually we take a lot of we we take <clears throat> we take the best of Sand, other people's c- cinder claws and yeah and all this and then it went to England I think and, and, and Germany Father, where it became Father Christmas and yeah then, um, yeah and then it kind of came over here with yeah whenever it with Coca Cola <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't for Coca-Cola, Santa Claus would be wearing a green jacket and, you know, a, a different color. Because right. the thing is, is that the image that you have of Santa Claus, the, white, the, the red and white, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's marketing from Coca-Cola. Those are the co- – Santa Claus wears the Coca-Cola red. They're is really, that how it started? Yes. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. I thought they just stole it. No. They cr- actually created that? Yeah. Wow. So, Santa, so pre-Coca-Cola, Santa had, uh, you know, in, in a lot of cultures, um, England in particular, Santa looks like a bishop. Yeah. He's got, he's got like a, yeah. he's got one of those pointy hats. And, of course, St. Nicholas. Yeah. Yeah, he's, and he's got a staff and stuff. Yeah. So that was where it had more of a religious connotation then. Exactly. Um, yeah, it was St. Nicholas is where that, where that came from. Yeah. But then he morphed into the jolly old fat man that we know. Right. No one loves. Who has a bad case of diabetes and. Oh, yeah, yeah clearly. You know. yeah. It's all those candy canes. <laughs> <laughs> candy canes and Coca Cola. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that's what it all revolves around light, you know, bringing light into the world. Well, and it, and it makes sense because it was originally uh, sun worship. Right. So, you know, there's the, where's the. Yeah. And it's the rekindling of the. Of the sun, you know, yeah. the, the new, the, the sun sort of coming out of darkness, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and that, it is kind of funny how that segues from yeah. Christianity into, or from that to Christianity. So I want to ask you a question, Walt, because okay. I kind of think we're running out of steam because we've, we've, this has been a long, long podcast. It has been. So, but I'm dying to know, what are you, what are your favorite Christmas traditions? Um... Hmm. I I don't know. I I think just getting together and having a nice dinner and 
celebrating each other's company. And yeah. It's, it's always small. I don't, um, I used to go to my um, relatives' houses mm-hmm. when I was younger, but it's kind of just my fam- my immediate family now, and just get together and yeah, uh, yeah, enjoy another year of being together and yeah, and, um, yeah, looking forward to an, to another new year of change, I guess. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, real real strong traditions like yeah, making fried ravioli or anything like that. A friend of mine used to do that. Yeah, until he had a heart attack. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> I never had them. I, they sounded good. But yeah, uh, last I mean, night I wouldn't eat them now. But. I, I mean, my favorite Christmas memories really sort of like revolve around Carol. Mm. You know, because Carol had a hard childhood Christmas. I think because the thing is, is that it's like I knew my mother did not have a lot of money. Mm. I knew my mother was really in a hard way. She had to take care of everything. And and just asking for anything just sort of brought a lot of stress down on her. Mm. And it was just like just I mean, it was just like, you know, and everything was like, I mean, untangling the, the lights always turned into a screaming match and getting the tree always turned into. So it was more stress. of a hassle than a. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And the thing is, is like wanting anything for Christmas was just a huge, enormous source of guilt, you know, because, mm. you know, and it was just like, and Christmas was like when we got the things that we needed, not always the things that we wanted. And I, I know, and, and it was just like, but I mean, the way that uh, when Carol was legitimate, the first time we had Christmas together and she was decorating the tree. That's a big, big relationship step. Yeah. And she was, I remember watching her, and she was so happy. Yeah. And it was What's just Christmas like... Christmas should be. It should be a time of joy. It shouldn't I be thought, about running around getting presents for people and stressing she, yourself out. I thought she was insane. <laughs> oh, why is this woman so happy? I mean, is she... Yeah, a different viewpoint. She it? she belongs in a nut hatch. And I yeah. realized she's the, she is the embodiment of Christmas. And I think my favorite Christmas tradition is just being her go-to guy to get the get decorations out of the basement and hang the lights outside, hang, hanging the lights outside with the, uh, you know, in the cold and uh, going and turning the lights on with the, with the family coming outside to stand on the porch and watch the lights come on. That's, that's a huge thing. But like, like in the National Lampoon Christmas Story? Right? Yeah, just like that. Just like that. the whole house out. Exactly, <clears throat> exactly. You know, for a couple of weeks, our house serves as a navigation beacon for all the uh, airplanes coming out of um, Worcester, Boston, and Manchester. Nice. Not yeah. to mention the UFOs. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a real... Some, this is an Area 51 right here. All right. And Anunnaki spot that as a potential landing <laughs> site. <laughs> I got the Anunnaki. <laughs> you always do. I always do. I can't help myself. Actually, actually, we probably should have an ongoing bet. If if I can't figure out a way to mention the Anunnaki yeah. in a podcast, then I, then I owe you something. I don't, I don't know what it would be. I, th- I, think, I think we should make it for charity or whiskey. <laughs> well, it could, could be either one or both. <laughs> well, you know, I bet you anything, somebody has a drinking game where every time Walt says Anunnaki, somebody has to take a shot. <laughs> yeah, that could be. That could, that could happen. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think I've simplified my Christmas down to, yeah. to sort of get close to what it should be. Yeah. Like just, um, you know, just a, a special day where you, where you just kind of, you know, really think about your family and yeah. and yourself, where your place is. You know, I, I 
I kind of like try to evaluate where I am yeah. in, in my own life, you know, not too heavily, but yeah, uh, I, I think that's really what it should be about. Not a bunch of presents and stuff like that. I mean, we still get presents for each other. And yeah. Everything, but mostly stuff that, um, not even stuff we need really, but maybe something that we wouldn't necessarily buy for ourselves, but we right. want, you know, something usually practical, you know, like a, a real nice jacket or something. That's, yeah. You know, so yeah, that's what it comes down to for me. I think I like, to, I, I, I just, yeah. It's funny when you're a kid though, you, you don't, you know, all that stuff seems so, uh, ultra important. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't really, you really miss the essence of it. There's one thing that you absolutely have to have. There's that one thing that you absolutely have to have, and if you don't get it, Christmas is ruined. How do your How do your boys view Christmas? Because they're, they're kind of on the cusp now of sort of like not little kids anymore. Well, because the thing is, is that we have we have Christmases where we have like a like a theme. Like um, back in uh, 2013, we had a big, huge. Uh, the doctor, the, the theme that we had a doctor who themed styled Christmas where that's where that sign came from. You know, you know, everybody got, so there, were you the Grinch? No. Oh, you weren't doctor who I'm talking about the time. Oh, doctor the, who? The, 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 yeah. Okay. The, the time Lord, not Dr. I, Seuss. I, I missed it. Okay. Not Dr. I, Seuss. I spaced. Yes. Literally. And, um, you know, this, this year we're having a, you know, a quad, you know, half star Wars, half music celebration where it's like the kids are getting something, special for Christmas that involves music. And, uh, um, I'm getting a, the CD, um, um, music from, uh, rogue one, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, as we have these themes and the thing is, is like, it's the one day that I love keeping the TV off, keep the TV off and just enjoy each other's company. We did that last night. Whereas we kind of like promised each other, no TV for an entire week. And I was just like sitting at this in all the Christmas movies, huh? Uh, we don't. Yeah. But there's not, I mean, I, I, I'm going to miss national lampoons vacation, Christmas vacation. That's one of my favorites. But other I, than that, that is, that's right up there for me. That's right up there. You know, and it was just like, you know, in Christmas, Christmas story, I think Christmas story is number one. for me. Yeah. Uh, I actually saw that in the movies when it first came out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then I, I think I've watched it probably multiple times every year. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, National Lampoon Christmas Story is right up there, too. That's, yeah. That's hilarious. I, I can never fail to laugh at that. Yeah. Um, and then, I think It's a Wonderful Life is, yeah, is by a all means. for me. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then there's, there's some other ones, too. That, um, some reason, it, and it's really hooky. I like White Christmas. It's, it's like, yeah. You know, I always... Dare Bingle. Yeah. I always, I always tear I mean, up at the end of that's that. That's the ultimate Christmas song. I was listening to, I found a station that plays nothing but Christmas, straight Christmas right. songs. And my wife and I were riding yesterday and I, and White Christmas came on with Bing's version. And I was like, yeah, that's the ultimate Christmas song. It that really, really is. is. It's, it's like the Christmas song. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of good ones. Nat King Cole has, but, like, but Nat I, King Cole does a couple of renditions of Christmas songs that I think is essential. Yeah. He's, he was a great voice too. Yeah. But for me... That epitomizes Christmas. I, yeah. I don't know why, even though it was written by a Jewish guy. In, Who cares? In California. So what? Yeah, doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. But the message is great. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what's cool about it. And, and Christmas is a is a state of being. It's a, like a it's a mindset. I yeah. Think, you know, it's and it should be a good one. It shouldn't be. Like, yeah. 
oh my god, I didn't get enough, I didn't get a gift for this one or that one. Yeah, I, you know what? It doesn't matter that much. I, and like I said, like we said <clears throat> during last week's show or two weeks ago, just I, I just want to give experiences. I want to experience something with my wife and the kids. I want to do that. Like one of the things I really wish that I could have done was taking take a camper and just drive up north, go skiing, cross country skiing with the kids. Now go skiing, like experience something. Wake up one morning with snow on the ground. You know, take the kids snowshoeing where, you know, their mom and I used to go when we were, before we had kids. Do a yeah. lot of things that, you know, my wife and I are now at the point now where we're able to do things with the kids that we couldn't do when they were little. I want to do stuff like that. Yeah, you should. You should. That's, that's you know. kind of what it is. Because it goes quickly. Though, yeah. Before you know it, they're grown and on their own. And oh, can't, can't, can't. Can't come soon enough. No, I'm just kidding. No, it, it does. It does happen fast. Yeah, it goes by. Time goes by fast. Yeah, you have to enjoy the. Like James Taylor says, the secret of life is enjoying the passing of time. Yeah, and I think that's really. Yeah, you should think about that. There's know? a lot of things about. I mean, I would, you know, I'm not looking forward to losing my kids to 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 grown up life. Their grown up yeah, life. It, it, it's happens. part of the process. You know, it's part of. The, yeah. Uh, as long as you keep the connection. Yeah. In some way. You know, yeah. It doesn't really matter what it is. If you see them, you know, a handful of times during the year, then that's the way it is. But yeah. But make those times meaningful. Yeah. That's, that's that's the whole thing, you know. So. Yep. I don't have a lot more about the origins of Christmas. No. I don't know if you do or not. But I, no, I just think that it was just like uh, you know. Um, I, I remember going to church, the Episcopalian church in the neighborhood where I where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was post and beam church, you know. Just to, I mean, you think of Norman Rockwell, you know. It's was it was he like presiding. That. No, like, but it's like right, it was like right out of a Norman Rockwell painting, mm. you know, with everybody wearing 1980s street clothes, <laughs> you know. Well, Norman Rockwell had the ability to capture Americana, yeah, you know, at its ba- at its at its best, at, almost in a mythical way, exactly, you know, which was kind of kind of cool, and it. You know. And it was. It was very mythical and it was very special. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, anyway, Walt, I think this is it. I think this has been a really great show and a great special. And I think it's been an awesome year. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I wish everybody a Merry Christmas. And, um, you know, try, try to get beyond the gift giving and all that stuff and get down to what, um, going, going back to the previous segment, what, what Christ might have. Um, envisioned for a celebration of his life, you know. Uh, I think it's pretty simple, really. It is. It's not not complicated. Make it awesome. Make yeah. it make it an make awesome. It fun. Make, make it, it fun. Make it fun. Do something yeah. fun. Doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Yeah. But just enjoy. Yeah. Well, with that said, Merry Christmas, Walt. Merry Christmas. Walt. All right. If you really like this podcast and the others on the Fedora Chronicles Network, then give us four or five stars on iTunes. Just go to that app on your phone or your browser and tell the world what you really think of us. Leave a comment, and if we like your comment, we'll read it on the air. You can also find our podcast on SoundCloud and Player FM. SoundCloud.com slash Fedora Chronicles and Player.fm slash series slash the Fedora Chronicles radio show. 
If you have a favorite podcast app and we don't know about it, let us know and we'll get them to link to us too. Or you can suggest our podcast to them via their suggestion box. Show your love for the podcast by going to Zazzle where you can find a lot of items with our logos on it. The Metaphysical Connection logo is on everything from coffee mugs, cell phone covers, barbecue aprons, and t-shirts. You can find them by going to zazzle.com slash Chronicles. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for us on both social media outlets. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash The Metaphysical Connection. Finally, in an earlier podcast, we invited all of you who are in our listenership who have ever worked for a government agency, clandestine group, black ops company, or if you've ever been involved in any kind of conspiracy that involves the paranormal or any kind of strange phenomena, let us know and we would love to have you as a special guest on our show. That invitation also goes to all, for all of you publicists, authors, artists who have something to share with us on the Metaphysical Connection or on the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Drop us a line at metaphysical at thefedorachronicles.com and we would love to get in touch with you. So one more time, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off until next time. Until then, keep your chins up and your fedoras on. That's a Christmas present from a very dear friend of mine. That's right. That's right. And the boy, Claire.